0: Happy Friendsgiving. Oh, um, God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Beep beep. All systems are fully functioning. Running lowlife.exe System optimization is less than normal. Server damage detected. Please stop whatever you are doing and make your way to the nearest exit. Technical support is full of heat. I
2: repeat, please be. Are you even listening to me? I will see you. ever. Several block three is experiencing critical ignition. That's right. System failure imminent.
1: I hope you are proud of yourself. Initiating the Low Life Podcast.
0: This is the Low Life Podcast. I'm a uh, Oh, God, I forgot my name. I'm CoinOps. We'll go with CoinOps. How's that? And uh, here with Scum, as always. Hello. And um, we tried our best cybernetically to bring him back, but instead we just opened up a really fucked up puzzle box we found on a bonfire. And back with us is Shadow Link.
3: You know, it's funny that you mention it because I actually used to own a Zune. Z?
0: Yeah. He's back from hell, apparently. And for this conversation, we are uh, joined by our very, very, very special guest. My dear friend, our dear friend, your dear friend, Damon.
2: Hello. Happy yeah. November. I Welcome. can't believe that it is almost the end of 2022.
0: It's bonkers.
3: Yeah, it's weird. I, I am... good riddance. Good God. <laughs>
1: <Yep>. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> So, on this uh, fine holiday weekend um we're gonna talk about hellraiser
1: yes. yeah fuck yeah. yeah
0: and uh
3: like what
0: what was everybody's first experience with it like how, how did you get brought into it like damon how who, who fucked your world up with this
2: coin ops you know that you did it oh. i know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um my experience with horror is like many uh, tales, I think, of children in America, which are my parents really had a problem with, you know, having me see sexuality on screen, and but they mm-hmm. didn't give a shit how violent something got, apparently.
1: Right. Yeah. I
2: have this, like, very yeah. vivid memory of watching, like, Terminator 2 when I was, like, five, <laughs> and I was terrified of semi trucks for a really long time. Um, Tracks Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right. Like, watching The Shining at, like, seven. Like, you know, things that shouldn't have happened in my childhood but um hellraiser was always one of those movies that i avoided um because i remember distinctly on friday nights you know we would pick up like some fast food or something for dinner and then um right next to the place that we would pick it up it was like uh a community style movie rental place so it wasn't a blockbuster it was whatever it was and yes yeah, I remember yeah. vividly seeing the hell the original hellraiser poster which is it has um it has pinhead on there with the box and it just looked terrifying because mm-hmm. of all of the nails um in in his face and so right I, I avoided it because I I was like that looks really awful <laughs> and so um, I did not know anything about Hellraiser until Coin Ops. You were like, hey, do you think you might want to watch this movie? <laughs> and I was like, sure. Uh, I had heard um, that Jamie Clayton was in it. And Jamie Clayton is a wonderful trans woman actor. Um, she has been in Sense8, uh, is in the new L Word. And uh, there have been a couple of other projects that I've enjoyed her acting on and so I really wanted to see what she could bring um to a horror film I always am Mm -hmm. really curious when people who do I would say things that are not genre um stories take Mm -hmm. that turn like that's yeah. why I was very excited when yeah. Jordan Peele um, released Get Out and Us and, yeah. and, nope and, and Nope and all those things because oh, nope. I mean even though comedy is certainly a very specific genre, like him taking that turn into horror was very exciting to me. Well, and so, and similarly, it, it makes I was
0: so much sense
4: too. Now, yeah. like in mm-hmm. retrospect, yeah. you so just so look fun. at it and
2: yeah. Well, he well, talked yeah. very much about how horror and comedy are, you know, two sides of the same coin. Oh, yeah. Joke structure. About, he says you know, he sets up his... Timing, execution, yeah. and, you know, things like yeah. that. So, yeah, I was really excited because of Jamie Clayton. And um, I'm just, I was thrilled at the, the invite. And um, immediately after watching this new one, I watched the first entry, uh, into the Hellraiser series uh, from 1987. So, yeah. yeah, that's my experience. Yeah, right on. I love
4: that.
1: Yeah. I'm glad yeah, I so...
0: put that there for you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can blame you for all of the horrific visions that I have from here on out.
3: Yeah,
1: good, good, good. All
3: right, good. I, I actually hadn't seen Hellraiser until this year, like, back in May. Oh. I was like, you know what? I've never, like, I, I haven't fucked up my life enough. Let's just, let's let's watch this <laughs> gooey mess of a movie <laughs> so, uh, wet. Yeah. So, so wet, wet. it's so wet oh yeah, god, yeah. <laughs> it's just so much
0: it's incredible it's like they had so much jelly laying around they're like you know what it's just smear it on fucking everything and Also,
3: <laughs>
0: blood too we're gonna do some really cool stuff with blood buckle up yeah. you know people like
2: people who hate the word moist should not watch this film these <laughs> movies
0: moist yes uh, oh my yeah. god it would so destroy watched- Ben Shapiro
4: <laughs> this is so, yeah. A movie. These, these are not films. He'd,
0: he'd be tweeting out. My wife said that there's something medically wrong with this movie.
3: <laughs> Go oh, ahead.
1: Man.
3: Yeah. So, so I watched the first one because I mean I I knew that it was like uh that there were mm. some you know there's there, there some kink metaphors in there and then uh, I watched it and then I was like a couple days later I was like you know what. I haven't seen Hellraiser two yet. Let's 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 do that. And then, <laughs> man, yeah,
0: it's yeah, ugh. it's a hell of a one two punch. We're going to get into like it, um, mm-hmm. all of it, because this yeah. is a like a Hellraiser episode. You know, we're going to yeah. kind of talk about the first two movies and this this reimagining, um, which yeah. is we like it. Like, yeah. we're just gonna oh, get yeah. that out of the way. If That's you haven't perfect. seen it, we're just we're not gonna be taking it in order blow by blow, but we're gonna be dealing with some like you know just bigger themes and how they like tied in and how they did things differently from the first and the second and the yeah. final, you know, uh, most recent one. Uh, we're gonna skip all the weird ones in the middle that were like three sucks
3: four Bad. yeah
0: has a couple of cool ideas but sucks. Uh, the rest of the straight to DVD ones suck. The one that takes place like at a rave I take personally. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I don't, well, don't I, offensive. I, I I hate that one more than
4: uh, House of the Dead by Uwe
2: well, well,
0: well,
4: well with that in mind how well, how uh, how did you, how were you introduced to Hellraiser oh
0: god I was like 13, 14 and I mean it was just like straight it, at the time I got to VHS it was just one of those we just brought movies to the counter and because you left the box on the shelf and took the clear case mm-hmm. as long as like ma put them on the counter they didn't really like ask you know what i mean if you had a r-rated movie snuck in there so like being the 80s and what it was like things are very violent you know in general i remember watching uh hellraiser by myself with my brother at like 11 o'clock at night or something like that like we just stayed up late and watched this shit and it fucked us up like we immediately like, we kind of like the Freddy movies. We kind of like the Jason movies. We weren't really that big of fans of Halloween. Like the Halloween didn't really scare us for whatever reason. Like we just yeah. watched it and we were like, okay, you know, I get it, you know, but it wasn't like, this is what I'm going to cling to and hope they make 10 more movies of yeah. Hellraiser of those, like of the big kind of iconic villain monster kind of movies. This wasn't typical. This wasn't a monster movie. This thing wasn't chasing you, yeah. you know, and it was, there was something, much more horrifying about what Pinhead suggested because it was more about what Pinhead suggested than it was about Pinhead. Pinhead just looked fucking cool, yeah. you know, and he had the, the long trench coat, you know, like, yeah. oh, that's the all we First movie,
3: for. first movie, like, the, the Cenobites don't even like show up for, they're, they're not even like, in the movie for like,
4: they don't even have names. More than two thirds no. of the movie. Yeah. 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 No, Pinhead's just names.
3: the Hell Priest.
4: Yeah
2: actually it's not even that um mm-hmm. i think it's head cenobite yes
0: yeah head cenobite yeah, that's probably. what it was mm-hmm. and, and like okay. the the what's her the the one with the throat cut open they, the it was voice, just female right? cenobite female yeah. cenobite yeah that's just yeah. that was in the script that's all it said and i was like oh, come on man. Mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah. but damien you sent me a really good uh article or i'm sorry like a academic paper which had Just very interesting, kind of like examinations of like all of these different elements, but it also reminded me of why I hate academic writing so much. (laughs) I'm like, I'm just like, I get it. I know why you're doing it like this, but oh, it's a chore, isn't it? You know,
2: and it can be. I think that, right, my views on academic writing is that often it's like people who are up their own ass, I think, uh, a lot of of the time. Um, It's often. It's often deployed as a way to gatekeep people away from it, which I am morally opposed to. Um, Like, I'm one of those people that believes that knowledge belongs to the people, and so... Mm uh you know take it out of the ivory tower and and everything um however i did kind of do it to myself because i really just looked up like hellraiser critical essay (laughs) (laughs) i think because so this is like a topic that we can get into although did everybody share their like first oh wait scum yeah how'd you uh
0: how'd you how'd you get summoned to help
4: uh i am the mega fan on this episode uh bless you for it (laughs) yeah. <laughs> i was introduced when i was really, way too young <clears throat> watched it kept watching it like at different points in my life and i'm like this is i love this shit i love this film i love the symbolism of course and then, you do you know of that's, course that's, you do of course i do i mean and then I, that's how I got into like clive barker who's one of one of the most beautiful horror writers ever i'm a big clive barker fan All i second that go watch his films his movies one of his game the video games he wrote mm. uh like i've up which moved. which one uh, Clive Barker's Undying, that's the one. Mm. There you Highly go. recommend.
0: Also, also Nightbreed uh, kicks
4: ass. Nightbreed, Lord of Illusion, underrated gem. Love that film. Uh, yeah, if you I want really way more blatant uh homosexual uh, undertones, Lord of Illusions is your jam.
0: And it's uh, got Scott Bakula. So yeah. that's I love fucking, that film.
4: Yeah, yeah, and so uh, oh, keep going. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no. So I'm the mega fan in this episode, and I'm the one who was like, "Yeah, I know." I, I know he's, all of these things.
0: Yeah. He's going to be on about an hour and he's going to be bringing up like shit in the comic books that like 10,000 people have read. Yeah. And I'm also
4: a big, uh, the pill comic book fan as well. I got a yeah. few of those. Yeah. Uh, so but yeah, real no, the quick. whole, the whole shebang.
3: Yeah. Real mm-hmm. quick. Like, how does this, how does this relate to cyberpunk to you guys? Cause you know, this is, if we're going to classify it, I think it would more solidly fall into like a cosmic horror.
4: Uh, you mean like
3: besides cyberpunk. all of the body modification? yeah well i mean there's that well, but like I, there's yeah, no I, mega I, corporations there's no i've always seen it's not really like a than... high-tech low-life
4: element really your yeah. mega corporation's literally well, a god
3: <laughs> I can, all right i can all
0: right here I, i've got a i've got a like a like a like a left field argument and then i've got a i'm gonna pull this one out of my ass argument so the first <laughs> okay. one is basically it's just you have like I don't know many people into cyberpunk that don't like Hellraiser. Like it's a Venn diagram is almost a circle yeah. and it, there's just a, you know, no one talks about it, but it's, it just seems like like there's a vibe to it where it just fits. Like yeah. you can imagine this being in some subroutine in the matrix somewhere, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the other thing is it's the, it's that whole Arthur C. Clarke: any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah. So when we get to talking about things like the loom, And, um, the, the doctor with the tentacle head thing, like it, it doesn't make sense to us because we're, you know, building things with scaffolds and from here, from this dimension. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you know, this place, it's not even that it's not even that it's, it's just Mm -hmm. like, we, we can't even identify like two thirds of why the things that we use every day work you know, because we're not experts in that shit and we don't have to be. It's just like, yeah, solar does what it does. You know, gas does what it does. Oil is what it does. This machine
4: is powered by blood. You know, what do
0: I put in here to make it go for me? You know, that's, that's kind of our relationship to it. And I don't know. Like, I think this could be a situation where it definitely is low life. Frank is a piece of shit. Oh yeah. You know, like a complete piece of shit. And he is like sent to this, I guess, dimension, you know, whatever. Star Trek has teleporting. (laughs) You know, like, it, it's, you can mm-hmm. make the, you can really, really pull this one out of your ass if you want to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying it's a great right. argument, but I'm just saying, like, eh, fuck it, you know? like I think
2: that you could also make the argument that it is created, like, Clive Barker, you know, wrote this in, during the 80s, and mm-hmm. he's, uh, you know, British, and so is under the Thatcher regime, you know? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's coming under a pretty oppressive conditions um -hmm. especially if you're a gay man um where you know britain um sort of trails the u.s in terms of like what is legal not that that is an indicative you know measure of actual progress but um i was watching um a video about this and i need to credit the person and i will get his name in just a moment but he was discussing about how like horror and certainly things with sexual themes, uh, you know, ran up against censorship problems in, in Britain. And so I think like you could make the argument that Clive Barker is creating this piece of art in a very oppressive environment for gay men, um, that has, you know, overt sexual sadomasochistic themes and, um, go from there. But, Mm -hmm oh these so again, movies that's are like horny if you're, if you're stretching the <laughs> definition of cyberpunk which i think yeah. that we all do but like yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah.
4: definitely punk in the circuit like you were saying the circumstances of creation and uh, i don't know if flagbroker yeah. come out at that point when he made the first hellraiser if i could be wrong about that but it was just i think
0: it was an open secret kind of
4: yeah you could definitely tell yeah. he's working like even his stories at the time you could definitely tell yeah you're you're working through some psychosexual stuff which is makes for incredible horror and it's, no,
0: he's like, I'm it, gonna third it. He's a beautiful writer. I love him. Yeah, it. he really is. I'm a huge it, fan man. of Imagica.
4: Like, yes. Oh. Uh, Books of Blood, highly recommend it as well. That's a good starting point if you've never yeah. read some Clive Barker before. You well, these are based the on coil, The Hellbound Heart, right? Yes, it's okay. based on the story of The Hellbound Heart, which is a little different than the movie, but you know, he that was his decision. He made the movie, right? So it's, yeah. um. We it's should mention the... the first Hellraiser movie is written and directed by Clyde
0: Barker. Yes. And yes. It's, it's fucking good for a first movie, man. Like
4: Oh, he's um he's a stage writer and director as well. So yeah. like, no, it's it's solid. He actually does that way more these days as well. Mm-hmm. But um I don't remember what I was gonna say. Uh you were talking I love about... Clyde Barker. Go read some Clyde Barker. How about that? <laughs> well, I mean I all right, for so... me,
3: I guess I guess like when you boil it down, it all really comes down to the themes. You know, I mean, and there's Also, the obvious, like, I'm sure that Hellraiser is important to, like, the goth community, and, you know, so is Cyberpunk. But,
4: yeah. uh, I don't think as much as you think, oddly enough. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important to industrial music. That second movie movie is (laughs) sampled to hell and back. Like, I just remember every time I'd listen to it, it just reminded me of all the songs. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was like a final cut track. Oh, yeah, that's from.
4: (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. Coil was going to do the original soundtrack. You could still find it on YouTube. And uh, just one of the things that Clyde Barker had to surrender is just let the studio make the soundtrack. Yeah. So it never got used, but thankfully in the new film, like the, uh, when they get, you know, stabbed and the bells start ringing, that's mm. some, that's from the original, his original idea. For, Interesting. You know, when so, the cinnabites okay. are summoned, you hear bell, you see, you hear bells in the distance.
0: If for some reason you happen to have cr- caught the countdown, uh, music before this dropped, um, I have acquired that soundtrack. Yeah. So, I'll be yeah. playing it um, over, I think, over the course of three hours, but like in its entirety. So, I'm excited okay. to hear it That's for the first lovely. time. Love myself. Love
4: Coil. Listen like, to some Coil.
3: Coil's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Um,
4: so, what else we got? What are, what are we doing? Well, yeah, yeah, we doing? I, well I, I just wanted to here? say
3: something about like the the themes. The themes I think line up with Cyberpunk pretty well because, you know, it's, it's existential. Ah, yeah. Uh, and, and kind of you've always yeah. got you've always got the one character who always wants more. You always mm-hmm. and you that's some that's a commonality between Hellraiser and uh, and Cyberpunk. I think is the character that's the law of diminishing returns is not kind to them. I suppose.
0: Yeah, um, chasing the dragon. You yeah, know, exactly. Always and trying it, uh, to get that last. High, yeah, but better—a
3: bigger, better high. You know, uh, crossing the threshold and mm-hmm. finding new thresholds. As uh, nah. I think, he said uh, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, God, so many good lines from these, this series too.
0: So, so many. Actually, yeah, 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 and all of almost all of them delivered by the Cenobites. Of- <laughs>
4: yes, <Yeah. laughs> absolutely. I don't want to say they're the heroes of the of these stories, but. they are they
2: they are the thing that everyone talks about right yes oh yeah you and i were talking about this a little bit which is like i mean especially i think in genre fiction there is the main character or the hero Mm -hmm. even the anti-hero that you're with and then there's the the character that everybody talks about right Yeah. (laughs) whether that's (laughs) you know uh we could go down the list of things whether it's um you know Hannibal Lecter whether that is um, Sauron right I mean and then there's the Cenobites which I think especially in the new film for me were so visually stunning um I think like I mean in the Mm -hmm. first one they're also iconic um and as we were talking about influence um whether that's themes or music or whatever it might be i think like fashion and aesthetics of the cenobites i think are certainly very stark and you see that kind of influence um Mm. throughout you know i can draw like a straight line from pinhead to you know the matrix right yeah yeah Um, yeah, definitely yeah and so i think that that's that's something that is i think a nice carryover um into the reimagination of hellraiser which is the cenobites are so stark um are so i would say beautiful like very yes. yeah. ethereally beautiful yeah. Yeah. um and the doing away of we don't need leather and like pvc in order to tell this story we can i think develop those themes just... that Clive Burke that Clive Barker brings forward even further by demonstrating through body modification mm. and the use of practical effects, like mm. the extent to which the cenobites, you know, will modify themselves, will experience those otherworldly um pleasures to some. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I think that that's one of those things that I wanted to talk about uh, personally, which was like the body horror body modification and i and i'll also how those things that are shown in this film deepen the themes that are already present in yeah. the original
0: oh yeah let's get into it i mean there's like oh, yeah. that the, the thing you were saying about like the first you know couple they're they're wearing like very tight leather outfits yeah. and in this they're just pinning the skin back
3: yeah no they're you like know, yeah. in, in, in many instances like that yeah. yeah, yeah, they're, 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 they're see, like in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And you can see their
4: exposed flesh
3: uh, at certain points. It's incredibly
0: like, grotesque yeah. and beautiful.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad you used the word beautiful because that's what it is. We're all it's hard to, of, like the Cenobites in this, or in the new one, are beautiful to behold. It yeah. is hard
0: to look away.
2: It's, I mean, the, it's the one word that everybody that talks about the Cenobites, I've noticed, like I've watched a lot of interviews, I've watched a lot of like movie reactions, like, yes, it's gore, but I think everybody who's watching Hellraiser sort of knows that gore is going to be present mm-hmm, and yeah. front and center.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, But everybody that has talked about this has talked about the beauty of the Cenobites, which I think is really fascinating because they are also objects of horror and um terror i would say uh-uh. uh i think that it's a real wonderful choice i think to have um the pins that are in the hell priest's face be stylized as like long sewing pins as opposed to nails Mm -hmm, so like the heads of those pins are all Mm -hmm. pearlized and Mm -hmm. they make Mm -hmm. the blue light that they're all lit with like glow and so they look even more ethereal which I think is a fantastic choice absolutely Um, agreed and I think because it is so graphic in the way that like the previous Cenobites I think that they hmm, How do I want to say this to me, those Cenobites feel more like illustrations that have been brought to life as opposed to these, which I think evoked the kind of nausea that I have when I look at like surgery photos, (laughs) you know what I mean? Right.
0: And you know how we were talking about like the wetness of the first two versus this one? Um, so I wet. For
2: I can't under. I cannot underscore this enough. It you was so wet. I was not prepared.
0: It was moist. It's moist. <laughs> um, moist. This one is still. It like has parts that glisten, etc., etc. But the the design of the cenobites as they appear force you to do this thing because they're not so immediately moist and disgustingly wet, where you stare at them. And then your brain, whether you want it to or not, starts going through how it happened. Okay, so yes. they cut here and they peeled that back and they pinned it. You know, and now right. you're there's this narrative unfolding. It it's they're just compelling like you can't stop looking at this stuff like it's used
2: a really good word which is glisten so like these these cenobites glisten and the previous cenobites are gooey
4: yes there's there's like i could say there's a reason for that because the original cenobites were very clearly inspired from like kink clubs and magazines and i remember specifically there's one magazine and i've tried to find it and if anybody could help me find it can't remember its name. It was a magazine about body mo- extreme body modification. Okay. And this is what Clyde Barker was thumbing through in the, when trying to conceive of what his Cenobites would look like. Because he wrote the story. He already had an idea. And mm-hmm. honestly, the latest Hellraiser did a better job of like capturing the idea in the short story. Yeah. Yeah. But he was going through this magazine. He was fucking showing his friends about, like, you know, penis is getting you know, chopped down the middle and whatnot. And he's like, hey, look at this. And they're like, ah! Yeah. And still trying to find the magazine. I really want it. But yeah. anyway, uh, this is what he was looking at. And that I think that's why they look the way they do in the first films gooey and wet. And like, you know, they, they got butcher's aprons on and the leather clubs. And like I said, like, like uh, you said, Damon, like latex and PVC and all this. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why it kind of looks overdone. And you know, it's the eighties, you know, well, and it, but, it looks cool. It and does. It, and
0: it's like and the it's damage combat is... boots
4: on. And you know, it's, it's an, it, it can be, also, it's very masculine because <laughs> pinhead a mm-hmm. very masculine character as well. Yeah. Uh, he's very domineering. Well, he's a tyrant. You know? Before
0: you only really saw like the damage kind of in yeah. the face and on the head. And, the and then maybe like a little oh. bit in the body. There'd be some yeah. holes where some like, you know, there'd be some fish hooks in it and whatever. Yeah. This is the whole thing.
4: Yeah. They're like, this is the art. Yeah. The they, like you said, like the pins. And when, <laughs> when you mentioned the um the sewing needles also, mm-hmm. which I, re- I also really enjoy. I like how they reflect the uh, baleful light that emanates from the realm they come from. Um, the in the short story, uh, Pinhead is you're not sure the gender because gender has no meaning to them. Uh, it Pinhead would titter like giggle, mm. like it was like a girlish really? voice. Yes,
2: that's such a choice. Yes, yeah. in
4: in the original short story, because Pinhead didn't have a name, he was it was just another Cenobite. Uh, it would giggle, and it the nails were described as they were beautiful but they were tarnished from just use, from being there, like they were rusty or maybe it was mm. blood oh, and they were bejeweled on the end, yeah. but they were also kind of bloody and, ru- and mm. rusty. Yeah. And uh, when I saw the new new one with uh, Jamie Clinton, just the help priest just appears. and I'm like, oh, they nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> like, huh, but uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs>
4: <laughs> now you, you all could turn the podcast off. It's fine. Um,
0: <laughs> roll credits. Roll credits. Uh... <laughs>
4: So, waka, waka, waka. Find- <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: but yeah, it's this. It's the. It, let's be real. Jamie Clayton is a far more tyrannical, terrifying, uh religious figure than uh, the original Pinhead. What? Well, given the material, Jamie like, Clayton's terrifying.
2: It's it, well, done in a different way. Yes, totally. No, and, da- and I think that you. But like, I would do you... anything
3: for her. I guess.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, yeah, so I, I.
2: I love oh. that this is where we are in
3: the
2: story. Um, <laughs> I think a lot
4: about not- you. Not um,
0: even thirty minutes. Not that's even. <laughs> that's <regular laughs> great. channel
4: looks cake. All right.
2: <laughs> the funny the funniest thing about watching everybody's sort of reactions to this, whether that be in an interview or people on YouTube or, you know, people on the various socials, like the one common theme, um, is that that everybody seems to agree on um is that jamie clayton fucking knocked it out of the park yeah and (laughs) it seems like they would let her walk all over them um (laughs) and say thank you afterwards which i think is fantastic we're about we're about
0: one halloween away from an amazing halloween (laughs) yeah right this
2: this came this came in too late i think if this was like an august release i think Uh, October may have looked very different for some people, but
0: body socks all painted up. Like,
1: Uh look,
2: I think, like, so Doug Bradley, in my opinion, is I I shared this with you guys um, when we talked about this originally, but like, Doug Bradley's performance is scary because he is cold. Yes. And I really love that you used the word tyrannical scum because Uh I absolutely agree. Like, I would never want to meet no you know that oh, person that that being insane. in in any dimension whereas yeah. i think like jamie clayton's performance of the hell priest in the new film um makes makes me want to like I could understand why someone would want to solve the box, you know what I mean? Like, uh, whereas like, I think that this is one of those things that the new film got right, which was even though I would say what we see is um, horrifying and terrible, like the affect of the hell priest is much more complicated. I would say emotionally resonant and um, terrifying in a different way. So like, doug bradley's hell priest i think is terrifying because like i'm a habitual rule follower (laughs) and like Uh, if i stepped outside of this square like i would just get flayed alive right um but i think jamie clayton's hell priest is different because she knows i shouldn't even say she necessarily i think everybody refers to the hell priest with with feminine pronouns she her but Mm -hmm. you know i agree that the gender is much more um is much more, I think, not important, right? Um, yeah. But also androgynous, I, yeah. I would say. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: um, like the hell priest that Jamie Clayton portrays, like knows the thoughts that you think when you are glad nobody else can hear them. You know oh God. I mean? Yes. And oh, so that yeah. to me, well, I think mm-hmm. it's horrifying. Oh, no, absolutely, <laughs> it's, a really, yeah. it's a really good choice. It's, that it's makes yeah. Pinhead scarier in a different way. It's what such a,
4: it's such, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, uh, no, it's, it's such a mind fuck too, because it's, I've heard that before. Like we're not the only, you're not the only one to make that comparison. And it's, like it's terror. It, it's terrifying. It, it's they know. That's the whole point of this dimension, essentially. Right. Like this is their religion. Is oh. that they know all the th- they all know all the thoughts you think no one knows about. Like the worst parts of yourself yeah. that you kind of don't try. You try not to give attention to. Yeah, yeah the things that and try to hide. and that will come back to in the comics because those are my favorite comics. Is here's this thing that you try and hide or you, or you've even forgotten about and we're not going to push you into it. You're going to do that all by yourself by trying to solve what a puzzle block or, you right. know, and right. yeah, it, yeah. It, it, yeah but, the horror isn't yeah. to torture. The, the horror is that you got to this by yourself and you yeah, just
0: destroyed that, so, yourself. Someone seeked it or sought it out,
4: you know, yeah. Seeked yeah.
0: It? Yeah. Oh, doing good.
2: Well, like, yeah. what? <laughs> But, it's between, a holiday, right? Between, Even if it's a bullshit holiday, it's you know your I'm, your brain is on vacation. It's okay. day,
0: yeah, day off. Hey, whatever. Let's just
4: gnosticism.
0: But there's two <laughs> kinds of there's two kinds of menace here. Like they're both insanely menacing. Doug Bradley, you do not want, like you said, to meet him. You do not want to be in the room with him. You certainly do not want to be interacting with him. But in the second movie, they established that like. The girl solves the puzzle, but when he shows up, he's like, "It isn't her." Yeah, there's somebody behind no, the fucking wall. That's that the wants really this interesting shit, thing. You know? uh, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where, like, he's he is that kind of a tyrant. He's a mechanical, like, almost dispassionate. Oh, like, he's I don't, not even a tyrant forty k.
3: He's more, you know, more well, well, like no, no, but agent he's of. Leviathan. Well, no,
0: no, we learned that, yeah, for sure. Now with Jamie Clayton. She's a result like yeah. that's she would has other shit to do, but you push the button and now we've got to deal with shit and you, the menace of that portrayal is that you, you know, you should leave, but you
3: can't. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's yeah, not that you an, can't there's escape. An there's an open door, but there's like a, what do you got to say? This because one's there's right. a fairness.
1: Yeah, there's an enticement there there's that charisma. I think yeah. is not there's,
0: there. Yeah.
3: Right. None like of these, charisma, the, you know. that's the crazy thing about these movies is that, like, with the exception of one part with the, the aspects in uh, the new one, um, hmm. the Cenobites never run. They don't chase you they're gonna get you no oh, matter God. what yeah they oh it's they're worse it like make makes it worse later, yeah oh absolutely like, silent <laughs>
1: hill shit
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> they're calm they're purposeful until they're not but it's yeah. oh
0: and they can just appear behind
4: you that's yeah. the other oh, part. Yeah. they're yeah. like yeah. Mm-hmm. they're fucking with you
0: like that's yeah. all that is there, <laughs> there's no escape in this thing cuz you know pinhead shows up on three different sides of riley we'll get to that you know when uh, riley's trying to throw the the box away you know mm-hmm. and it's like just that whole camera trick of look up look over
4: boom they're there you know yeah, um, yeah. we can't they're, emphasize enough how much this hell priest is a priest it's yeah. yes. I, too
0: so yeah. in just in terms of imagery like if you are de- a devout uh believer so
4: <laughs> you're gonna, calm you're so gonna see
0: sure. a lot of things that you'll recognize that will seem Oh, yeah. Pretty
4: fucking blasphemous to you. It's <laughs> you know? really going to yeah. hurt, too, is maybe this is the true God.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, wow. So, yeah, body modification, is yeah, lots. Well, and, I want to
3: hear, I wanna hear um, a little bit more. Uh, or, well, no, keep going with that coin uh, uh, up. Sorry.
0: Oh, no, I was just going to transition. Yeah, See, was, we do awkward was... transitions as well as <laughs> endings. <laughs>
3: I wanted to hear more about like the belief system and like the the religious symbolism that they've gotten there because, or
4: I want to talk about. Well, that I'm a glad bit more. we all have three hours to go over what gnosticism is. Uh, No um, <laughs> <laughs> elevator so, pitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is what is the Cenobite's religion in thirty
1: seconds? Go.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, man, wearing a ski oh, no shows really. up in in your door. <laughs> shows up. I mean, shows up at like your door a like oh, a man. fucking. Uh, latter-day saint or a mormon <laughs> i didn't
4: order this but i'm glad you're here uh anyway so in, in this hellraiser there's definitely like a belief system going on because in mm-hmm. the first the other the original hellraiser films i never got the sense that and it's impl- implied in the hellbound heart that they believe in something <laughs> You know, like I, there, I don't there's, know.
0: It, it, something... like it kind of comes across a bit. Like there is a bit of ritual in the solving there's of a lot the puzzle, to, to open yeah. the gate to there's be a lot involved. More
4: religious symbolism in the in the written yeah. story, the Hellbound Heart, than there is in like Hellraiser one and two. Sure, yeah, a, yeah. It's implied because you know it's there, Sem- but it's Semite, not. You know, it's like they hadn't settled on what the ritual is going to be. Yeah, in so this, they just kind
0: of yeah,
4: just from like their demeanor you can tell like that's what gave me the first thing. Not even like the different configurations, not even the fact that Leviathan is this god. It was just the how the hell priest acts. Just their assured, like yeah. there's very subtle movements. The the moment mm-hmm. that I realized that that ga- I realized it was when um I don't know the Cenobite's name. It was the I think it was the affix the asphyx mm-hmm. that walked in the new Cenobite, which is probably my new favorite one. Just mm-hmm. walked into the hospital room and it's that breathing, it's like that rhythmic yeah. breathing you've never yeah. meditated. Cool. <sighs> like, it that's when yeah. it got me where I'm like, Oh, Hands in like it's, it's just in the prayer. position, it's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. the physical position it's forced into, and the breathing, which is very meditative. I'm like, Oh, and then they all appear. And you know, Jamie Klein, you know, being d- definitely more of a priest, like just that the demeanor, the assuredness. The hell priest walks on water. By the river Uh, section. So I did some probably more thinking on this than I should have. Is like the belief system is almost like Gnosticism in the sense that like you have this you have this distant God, but we all have a little spark of God. And the idea is maybe they set that free by, you know, getting their clutches on you. Because remember, Mm -hmm. the the Cenobite says we didn't kill them. We set them free.
0: Yeah. And And in the first one, like there's that mention of like some people see them as angels, some as demons, you know, like. Which is like that line in Jacob's Ladder, where the chiropractor's working on Tim Robbins, and he says to him, "He's like, you know, if you're going through life and everything looks like it's like wrong and falling apart, you'll see, you know, demons tearing your life apart. But if you just change your perspective, you can see that those angels—they're really angels—setting you free, and that's. Yeah. This is the horrifying interpretation yeah. of that. And
4: that's the thing yeah. in, in Gnosticism, there's basically two gods. There's the false god, which is the demiurge, which is the god of this plane, and then there's, you know, the true god, which is very far from us. Hmm. And the terrifying thing, don't bend your brain in half, is which one's Leviathan? Because it seems like Leviathan right. might be the true God. Because yeah. in our dimension, where is God? <laughs> you know, we are not meeting God <laughs> in our dimension. Right. Yeah, you right. know. And this is what they believe. They set you free. This yeah. is a liberating process to become a cinnabite huh. in mm-hmm. it's is inevitable especially at the end when void yeah
2: well void appears to be a believer right because mm-hmm. he has the journal he he has those sketches he's certainly done research mm-hmm. um and even though i think like his journey is a little questionable because he's kind of getting other people to do the work of the box for Mm -hmm. him. So like, that's something that's also interesting. The difference Mm -hmm. that the difference of what the box is and does is different. I would say from the first film to this film and whether or not that is a good choice, I think like, I don't feel convinced either way necessarily. Um, I am interested in the purposefulness of the box though, in the first film um versus what ends up happening in this film which is that like riley ends up sort of stumbling into this it's given to her in deception like trevor doesn't know what he claims he doesn't know what the fuck it is right Mm -hmm. but um she's not the person who is trying to get an audience with leviathan right Um, or the cenobites like but because of her actions she ends up having this, like, blood debt, essentially, mm-hmm. which I think is a very interesting yeah. um, way into the story. I don't know if it serves the story the best, but I think it makes it interesting and in thinking about, like, the future of the series. Yeah. But, like, Voight himself seems to believe, like, he wants to get this audience with God. Like, we see that at the beginning, we also see it at the end. Mm-hmm. But I think also he's not the person who's doing the work. Like, uh we see at the beginning that he like kind of tricks joey into stabbing himself right like right. he's not yeah. he is not like riley in that he doesn't take the risk of ha- putting the box in his own hands which i mm-hmm. think is interesting yeah. i mean we don't see the rest of his Kills, I guess, or the the people that he marks to be killed, or not even killed. Well, you know, yeah, I mean? they
0: don't want to yeah. do that. They want to be like, hey, this happened one time, and then when you see what happens in this one, you'll be like, oh my god, what did right? Do? And you know? I
2: don't know yeah. how much of that is a comment on Voight being like a billionaire and so not wanting to get his hands dirty, but yeah, wanting not, uh, ultimately uh, not... the reward at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, putting I that the blame I mean, on someone
3: else, like making other people suffer right. for his. Transgression. well that's the
0: game no that's totally the game you you try to have as many degrees of um you know deniability as possible
4: yeah and still get what you
0: want you know what i mean
4: Mm -hmm. i think he thinks he's well he
0: thinks he's clever he thinks he's gonna fucking he thinks he's gonna trick these like eternal celestial aspects of a god yeah that have been around and seen (laughs) it you know what I mean? He's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna be the guy. I'm going to pull one. Well, yeah,
2: you can like, also see his shortcuts yeah. in his logic too, right? Mm-hmm. Because he says that he chooses sensation, but really what he had in his mind is eternal pleasure, right? right? But that's right. not what the Cenobites have to give. Nope. And that's also not what that's called. It's called sensation. And technically, they give him what he asks for. Yes. Um, like but but he's just like, he, he his shortcuts of like, oh, I'm going to get whatever I want, and then I want pleasure like he just doesn't consider what all of the angles that those gifts can give whereas yeah. riley does at the end right she knows that like her brother's gone mm-hmm. <laughs> she's not gonna she's going to get something back it's not gonna be her brother right. That's it's interesting
4: because riley learned the lesson a little bit better and i think we we'll might get to it if like the little knowing grins the hell priest gives riley where it's like oh you could have this job someday but like voight yeah, uh, has this entire circle of belief where it's like because the Cenobites don't mind that he's like manipulating everybody. I guess that ties into yeah. like the gift he gets at the end, which is domination. Mm-hmm. But it's like you know you asked for the wrong thing because clearly you're not capable. Because that's the thing when he gets the loom. Let's talk about the loom, okay? let yes. please when yeah. he gets the, <laughs> when he gets the loom shoved into his chest, he is given divinity. He's not eating with this. The le- okay, the loom. The loom is clearly a perpetual motion device of pain. Yeah, mm. it is. Sh- box that's been shoved into his chest it It looks like a
0: musical instrument almost it's it's
2: beautiful
3: it has a hook on the back in a way the Mm -hmm. hook on the
0: back is shaped like a half of one of those s's you used to draw into your notebook looks Mm -hmm. like something you would pull to start it but like Mm -hmm. it it
4: looks functional that's the thing (sighs) carry
0: him around by like even more terrifyingly like there's just so much about this that i don't like
2: so we get like to a wind-up sure. toy oh my
4: god yeah it it, it it has the beauty of one honestly like the, <sighs> yeah the intricacy of all the the moving parts i wish we could get oh, like wait a let guy. me let me press pause on that real quick
0: okay speaking of the intricacy of the loom all of it in this movie there's a texture to this film that yeah. was lacking in the previous ones
3: the fucking because, cage like, man the first cave, of all second of all the boxes the box
2: itself yeah. i was gonna say like the first in the, in the first couple of films like the box it's just smooth, like all, yeah, the, it it all, all of the stuff yeah. that's like engraved quote-unquote engraved on it i mean it mm-hmm. looks like a sticker i'm sorry it, kind <laughs> it, of is, is, yeah. it looks very low low quality whereas this is like yes it can't um it's obviously like there was some digital effects that were done when the box was like moving Doing the more in the complicated on its own. Yeah. yeah and also like the kinds of designs that can come out of it um yeah. but oh, yeah. it looks it's like it's clearly an object that is made of metal and is heavy
1: right?
0: and is yeah. meant to be probed yeah yes. like it's it oh, a lot of little like little
3: nubs and things that you can twist and move around on. yeah it looks like Just an actual touching
0: puzzle it box. too yeah. It's it's a tactile thing instead of like, like a smooth thing. It's it's yeah. uh, And it's
2: very art deco in its design, mm-hmm. um, which also yeah. you can see in the symbol that the priest has on her throat. Right. So it has those yeah. like um, locks seemingly mm-hmm. on her yeah. throat. And then the um, item that Voight is laid out on at the very end. So like it looks, it's very yeah. art deco inspired, which I think mm-hmm. is very interesting. Absolutely.
3: Oh, God. Um,
0: I really love this fucking movie. (laughs) I
3: know. That's the thing. Everything's beautiful. Really well done. Oh, man. God. The 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 dedication of of this entire series, the practical effects. Can we talk about that for a second? Because, man, I mean, it's (sighs) just... We also
2: also have to shout out... um, I have their names. So we have the SFX artists um josh and sierra russell hmm. and they worked on the ritual oh, and then i heard that was cool excuse me uh keith thompson is the conceptual artist he worked on crimson peak oh. um and he that did so all of good. the concept sketches of the cenobites and the loom
0: damn that would be a, a set of uh glossy lithographs i wouldn't mind having
2: yeah. You know? Oh, I would absolutely buy that artwork and put it Definitely. on my wall. I mean, the artwork's it, incredible. Like,
0: go see this it is out. that's the other thing about this. This isn't a reboot mess. It doesn't feel like a reboot. It really it does know. feel like they just went back and they were like, "All right." It's like, a there's a reboot. lot of cool shit. Well, there's a lot of cool shit in the first two movies. It's that the second movie kind of falls apart in parts. I, like, when I all right back in the day, two was the one I watched more than one, and it was because of all the samples in the industrial songs. It also had some really like extremely cool ways to expand the mythology where you had this guy being brought on his path toward, you know, becoming a Cenobite and you get to see the result of that for a while. Like I, they show you the dimension, they go yeah, there, but... they show you, you Leviathan, they have that cool bit where the black light hits the doctor and it gives you a flash of what he had been like. And like well, all of this really stuff is. was like, right, uh, yeah. And, and all just these matte paintings of this this vast emptiness of alleged pleasure. That's all tone gray, charcoal, dirt, darkness. And like it, it, it works in that, you know, it sits in your head and it sits with you for a while and you, you make it work this, they, they show you that shit. They like get into all of the cool stuff that was in the second movie without the baggage of that shitty second act yeah and you know because it, it does fall apart a little bit like there's still some cool sequences but like story-wise it's just like i don't know why any of this is happening for yeah, example exactly. in the second movie you get the new Cenobite, and immediately when he meets pinhead they're like oh, oh. enemies let's fight and i'm like what a, what no that,
3: like yeah. what? <laughs>
0: you guys why don't you hang out a little bit see if you don't like each other why, and then, like start...
3: evil exactly like they they
4: never explain, right you
3: know uh yeah. it's just, like
4: cuz Julia was evil? I don't know. Yeah. I think it's because like they mentioned I guess they put I think it's cuz they got the shadow of doubt put into their minds cuz like oh, you used to be other people and I guess they started to remember. I don't know. The yeah, maybe. Weird. It was an yeah. interesting idea. Yeah, cuz she had the photograph um, of him as like yeah, a the kid. the fact they used to be like people is probably the worst thing that's been um introduced.
2: I agree. I think that that's one of those things that is Coinops you and I were talking about. Spielberg's decision to not show Jaws the the shark, uh, it was born out of necessity. Right, it was a practical choice. Yeah, yes, but was also a a, a smart choice that you see. Obviously, everybody, I think, trying to replicate um, varying degrees of success. But I think I agree that I don't need to know anything about these cenobites. Like, and I think that it would actually be detrimental to the story um going Whoa. forward because I, can... I i don't need to know who the hell priest was i don't well, here... i don't need to know who the weeper the gasp all of those all of those cenobites were i think that they uh their function is scarier <laughs> when you don't know anything about them true
0: no i feel the same way about fucking boba fett but like yeah The way Um, I can make this work in my head and the way it doesn't bother me is because what I think of is this dude who played like they show you in the second movie. Here's the background. Okay. Like you have this soldier presumably in the desert, possibly a Nazi. It's not super clear.
4: He was a British officer.
0: Maybe he's British, right? Whatever. But he gets, he gets the chain thing and he turns into pinhead. I'm thinking about that as like what they've established in this film with uh voight is that okay well they turn him into one that's fine as long as they're replacing an aspect like they lost a centibite so now here's the next iteration and they are kind of like positions on the tree of light or like the tree of god you know that that like
3: they're archetypes like Uh
0: my my was a little rusty but she had like metatron was the voice of god and then you had like different ones that were different aspects of god as a whole yeah. you know it wasn't like the trinity it wasn't like father son holy ghost shit this was like okay well this is the voice this is the power this is like the, the mercy whatever um
4: it, a lot of and, fans are thinking void might become like yeah the voice of leviathan
0: well i mean he whatever but they all serve this eternal role and yes. they can they just chew people up and if it, there might be an eon without a pinhead and then eventually they have their, like Leviathan has a need for it, so that
4: they they yeah.
0: elevate one of their subjects. And that's yeah. the
4: right. it, that's a big part of this belief system is like it doesn't matter who you were, it you no. have ascended, you've transcended your flesh. Yes. There's yeah. no. Well,
1: let's talk about the death knowledge. of the Chatterer. Uh,
4: <laughs> I love <laughs> yeah. that.
0: phenomenal moment.
4: It's, <laughs> it's I was I laughed. I was so happy. Like, I'm like, yeah, good. I'm like, because Chatterer... Okay, a little background on the Chatterer. <laughs>
0: you have a beef, man. He
4: owes you 15 bucks. Yeah, no, fight No, I love the Chat Every fan loves the Chatterer. Oh, Everyone, yeah. Like, if it's the first one, Cinebite, like, people say it's going to be maybe first uh, Pinhead, and then the Chatterer.
1: Because mm-hmm.
4: his makeup design in the first film is, oh, like, yeah. a lot of his Because... I fucking love it, too. The actor, who the poor bastard, they got into the suit. Uh, he yeah. can not see a damn thing, so we oh. when he grabs Cersei in that first scene when they're introduced, and his he fingers, puts his so fingers like, in mouth just it. go down her throat. Yeah, that was unintentional. He really? Was like, oh, yeah. I
2: thought that that was super purposeful. Oh, no,
4: he couldn't see. She was choking. <laughs> and that kept, makes and it... Just, and what, like, no, keep filming. That's
2: incredible. What's
0: even funnier is that they recycle that fucking scene in the second movie for the intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Oh, are you kidding me? Leave it. Oh, oh I thought yeah. it
2: was like an obvious, like, use of like forcible, no, it's Like, kind of a, like a, I had I no it idea what he was doing, but they, I thought it was hot, but, but, but,
0: but <laughs> you keep that shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, you keep that shot if that happens by accident. You take that shot for 10 times, that's
4: the one you keep because it's no, she was cool. With it. She was just is like, is like, it
2: questionably oh. the money shot coin ops? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was awful. <laughs> we'll talk about money
4: shots. The chatterer gets fucking like pulverized because it not a way. It happens. The way it happens is like, again, religion. Okay. It the chatterer marches, so the chatterer marches, kicks some ass as the chatterer does, because the chatterer is largely considered like the brute of like eight feet the tall. Yeah, he's like... big. He doesn't use hooks. He just beats you to death. Right. And so Ben's metal gets in there. Uh, Riley stabs him with the box because he had a choice. We get the best shot in the fucking movie of the well, wait. Priest. Let's let's
0: set that up real quick. Now, at okay. this point, Riley has been informed that like it's on her. Yeah, like she yeah. she I think hasn't she been uh, stabbed it's in the hand just at this on point?
2: Her at yeah. this point, the hell priest says we want to see you continue.
0: Right, they that's where like she gets cut, and so now she's like because she's... she was
2: she was refusing to participate anymore, and right. so um the the hell priest like manipulated her and the box Mm -hmm. to make her get cut. And then the hell priest says we have your, like essentially like we have your blood now we can claim it at any time. If not you, another.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we want to see you proceed is like, Oh, you're fucked. You know, like that's such a great moment. Anyway. So what happens is is they're on the other side of this, the gate that enters into the property of the mansion and they're trying to keep it held shut. But, chatter is just massive and it just walks the gate open with them holding onto it and they get pinned against the wall and it barely reach right and they're kind of 30 percent of it is setting it up like she needs to stab him in order for this to proceed because that's obviously pinhead doesn't give a shit but that's like kind of where pinhead would imagine it going
4: would have liked it
0: right but instead she stabs the chatterer which establishes this really great fucking Uh. piece of lore
4: (laughs) Yeah, the silence the that want. happens afterwards and just the chatterer just stops. Takes, let's go. Let's walks go. Walks back. Just the, the submission, like the, the, takes uh, the, assumes the position. Complete acceptance. Yeah. Just a mendicant. Takes it. Mm-hmm. Like this
0: is my fate and this yep. is our, this is the religion and this is what happens next.
4: And, and if... I'd like to, i like to say too, in case you don't know, the chatterer doesn't have a face. So all this is mm-hmm. being conveyed through body movement, which is incredible. It yes. is. Yeah. Assumes a position, and we get the best shot of the Hell Priest of this almost smile.
1: Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah,
0: the head's back a little bit. The arms are just slightly off to the side, palms Mm -hmm. up, and then
3: her split. Yeah, (laughs) she
2: makes makes the she she has the um I can't remember what the hand gesture is called. It's like a a two finger or something. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I I can't remember what it's actually called, but like that's that is uh the hell priest's gesture to send the chains right Ooh, and yeah. so like Folks. she does it to nora um which is another Ooh. i think like really glorious uh shot of chatterer yeah. um we can talk about nora's death i think soon Fuck but yeah, um, yeah. but yes. uh I won't. I won't but hurt. chatterer Like he has this, like it's not just. I think that this is so incredible, right? Because like it is acceptance, it is submission, but there's also the reverence, right? Like that's that's the like underlying everything that is happening um, with the Cenobites and in relation to Leviathan. There's this reverence that I feel Mm -hmm. like wasn't there question mark (laughs) like in the first Mm film. I think like I I don't want to blame the first film but it's an element that i felt in the way that like it is sort of cold and detached and that is scary like Mm -hmm. this is it's like i can feel the reverence uh from all of the cenobites toward leviathan especially when all of them are present on the lawn um of voight's mansion and leviathan begins descending from the heavens the the way (laughs) Um, oh
0: the way uh uh, jb clayton looks up Oh mm-hmm. my god! It's I know. it's so fucking Christmas mass eight o'clock Saturday night. Yeah.
4: Like I wish I could feel that kind of reverence towards. It. Like that's the thing. It's like they they're so at peace. It you, again, stunning. you kind of want it. You know, it's that's really the, thing. Good. the whole thing. It's like you kind of yeah. want it. You know. Well,
2: it's it's crossing those thresholds. You know, which is hmm. what uh, the priest ends up telling Voight, like which um there's that there's that great like (laughs) Uh. i saw this like framed as a meme where it was like the ultimate like retail (laughs) experience which is like gifts cannot be (laughs) ungiven they can only be exchanged. (laughs) and i'm like yeah i've been there (laughs) Uh. um but she also says that once a threshold has been crossed, you can only go toward newer thresholds.
1: Right. And yeah. so,
2: like, this is... I think, like, Chatterer is accepting that this is his next threshold, is that yeah. his body will be destroyed, and that is at the behest of their god and their religion, right? Like, mm-hmm. their, the rules that they have in place for themselves. And yeah, so, yeah. I think, like, his... His destruction, I think, like or the bo- the destruction of his body, I think that that's that's something that I'm curious about. I'm like, will we see Chatterer again? Like, yes. is this a permanent oh. death? I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. and so like his his demise in this film, I think, like, is so unique because we see the way in which the Cenobites believe that humans should also accept their gifts, <laughs> which yeah. is with humility, with acceptance, with um uh reverence uh you know and submission which i think is really interesting it's like
4: the way the hell priest tells void about like yeah there are only new thresholds it's like there it's like the hell priest was insulted that they yeah. he didn't that he didn't understand what they had given him because they had given yeah. him divinity. He didn't have to eat, yeah. probably didn't sleep. Like he, no. wasn't I mean, that moment
2: that. between the hell priest and Voight is incredible. Where she says, "You reject our gift," and he says, "Fuck your gift, fuck you." And I was yeah. like, oh, no!" <laughs> oh, I was but, like, "You're um, done for, answers. buddy."
3: <laughs> oh, you're well, being I a mean, bit of a brat. And, all right, you know the
4: final scene of Freeze, all the possible. Oh
3: he I was, was
2: being say. a brat until he was at her feet. I'm just yeah. saying oh we went through yeah. the
4: entire circle of like learn of that's that's a big thing about his spiritual journey is you know he starts out as a pilgrim get, sees God doesn't understand what he was he has been given like he's clearly not in there tries to be the dominant one again mm-hmm. it he then that fails and then just immediately goes to submission he goes through the entire stages
0: well he doesn't even realize that the rejection of a gift is another threshold to them. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like that's just another step. Oh, cool. Guess what? Yeah. We're going to peel you like a fucking <laughs> banana on a weird <laughs> yeah, cross. Only, that,
4: only being at the Hell Priest's knees. I'm sorry. Let me just. It, it only being like the hell priest knees did void kind of like did the hell priest look at him and just oh so sensually stroke his
2: face so sensual that moment is hot i'm sorry is the way the way that she looks at him and then like strokes his face and says like i know what you want i'm sorry but like what all the people who are saying like this movie isn't horny enough like that was a great (laughs) moment
0: Oh yeah. Oh, a pop quiz. And of the three movies, uh, what what was what, what do you think was the, the horniest moment?
2: The horniest moment in all three movies? Oh, okay. I would say
0: for me, it was when skinless Julia is slowly wrapped in bandages and then she makes out with the, the, the doctor dude. I
2: don't know
0: why. It was just like <laughs> wow, this works on yeah. me the same way it did when I was 14, 15, uh-huh. you know? I was
4: like so skinless <laughs> Julia is pretty is pretty hot. Not
0: skinless Julia, one. bandage Julia.
1: No, very, like very,
0: that's the, that's the, no, apparently the kink that I didn't remember. Totally
2: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say all of our uh, answers to this question will reveal a lot about us oh, yeah. as people.
3: For yeah, me, it's I'm definitely it right the part out where, where the chatterer sticks his fingers in Kirsty's mouth. So oh.
0: there we go. Yeah.
3: <laughs> call, call back. But yeah. Uh, speaking of the chatter, you know, that, that final scene in the new Hellraiser movie where, you know, voice getting his face peeled off like that. Doesn't that suggest that he's going to be maybe the new chatter, possibly? I, I have seen, that too. yeah,
2: I have seen that suggested by some mm-hmm. fans. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Actually, yeah. that
0: would make sense. I
3: think that would work. I think. I, be, I don't. Ha- I don't hate
0: that. I don't hate that. Um, like I like that actually better than the Metatron, like the voice of Leviathan thing, because I don't yeah. want to fucking hear Leviathan. I just want to see, be terrified by it. You know, I don't. Yeah. It yeah. needs to be inscrutable to work. I these have a question. things are even
2: i'm sorry I don't no 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 dinner. go ahead i have a question for you guys i got science fictiony vibes when leviathan showed up i think yes. it, a little bit it, yeah. it reminded me very much of a ship landing um yeah. or showing up you know like i i was very intrigued by that idea where um this y- Absolutely, the Cenobites and Leviathan belong to a different dimension. But there's also a part of me that's like, does that mean that mm-hmm. it could also mm-hmm. potentially happen on a different world and like yeah. a different galaxy? Yeah. Do I want oh, that? Absolutely. I don't know. And then yeah. I was like, pissed that I thought about it. And I was no, like, no, 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 that's
0: <laughs> um, I, that's that, how we're tying but, this into cyberpunk. Everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I,
2: I think that like <laughs> Leviathan is like like the diamond shape that we see. Mm-hmm. I think did you say this coin ops where it's like that's the thing that like our brain can process because it is Mm -hmm. such a like Mm -hmm. cosmic horror example that like
4: it's straight from the bible our
2: brain is so terrified that the only thing it can make sense of is this diamond shape what
0: what does an angel say to a human every time in the fucking bible be not afraid be not afraid yeah because the (laughs) thing looks like a fucking nightmare of eyeballs and wings flying around in circles right like uh, they even described oh god i can't i used to remember what book of the bible this was it was like like St. Stephen, somebody, somebody saw some like thing in the sky, like a chariot in the sky and the way they describe it was a UFO, but they described it as this like chariot in the sky with these weird wheels that were, there was like a circle going one way and then and another fire, one. And, right? a, and on fire and all this other. look, Philip K. Dick said this, especially like in, in the, in his like Valis writings, not like in his exegesis. Mm-hmm. He, he was, he would always talk about how like you use the fucking language available to you at the time. Yeah. You know, and that's why he his divine experience was a pink laser from God's satellite hitting him in the brain and teaching him <laughs> ancient unspoken Greek, you know, like this is so shit far, that happens. I haven't,
4: I haven't seen evidence that he was wrong. So, you know, no, happened?
0: but I, it's it's that like, I think it's true to us until we have like certain paradigms established in our thinking like, OK, so we see this gigantic, you know, diamond shaped eight-sided like object in the sky yeah it doesn't even you seem don't... like
3: it's alive necessarily until it like starts raining yeah uh, not on that skylight but right <laughs> Man.
0: but i i mean there's that also that idea of like maybe it's evolved to stillness
1: yeah mm.
0: you know like all of its activity now is internal it's some sort oh, of like, like mean... energy just that, that moves around like our brains and the way we send synapses around it's just okay. the most efficient
2: form the imagery, I think, also serves the, like, science fiction or alien metaphor, oh, yeah. because, like, you know, Voight ends up getting the huge chain through the chest and then pulled upwards, <laughs> like, into as though he's being beamed yeah. up into a ship. So it's, mm-hmm. like...
0: That's way too much chain. Uh, <laughs> huge.
2: Like, as a person
0: Ooh. who's worked in machine shops, like, that that's, like, you would use that to pick up, like, a 40-ton chalk. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. this thing... Punches through his chest and yeah, drags that's... him through. Oh, I loved it. Definitely. The best part about that the, is uh, that...
2: The originals. Sorry. The best part about that is when the loom does exit his chest, there's this oh. hole. Oh. And so he... Right. Oh. He has been rendered divine because there's no heart. There's yeah. no... Like, you see the heart grow back. <laughs> like, well, like, the
0: loom was in the way.
2: Yeah. You know what correct. I mean? And so um, when... All of the like fat, like I loved seeing the fat come back, oh, like into shit, like well right done. below the skin, and like the musculature come back, and the the vertebrae. There was a lot of exposed spine in the sh- in, yeah. in this movie. I realized, um, but oh. when all of that happens, it's like they heal him in order to teach him, not teach him something, but in order to get him to this ultimate place. <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. um, you know what. You just yeah. made
0: me think. What if it only seemed that way? What if he was able to heal the whole time, but this eldritch horror loom that's been stringing his fucking nerves completely through it, like a um, well, like a well, loom. He never,
3: he never accepted the pain. You know, mm-hmm. he's been given yeah. sensation. But,
0: well, yeah, they would exactly. go away every now and again, but what if the body couldn't seal because this has replaced it? And then just the removal of it, it wasn't them healing him. It was just his body doing what would have happened naturally if the thing had gone away.
1: That's interesting. And yeah.
0: then they're like, okay, you thought I did that? No, you're going to love this. And then <laughs> giant fucking industrial chain pulls him up into the, the crazy cross. <laughs> like,
4: yeah. yeah, maybe. I, I it mean, just... it could
0: go either way. It could totally go either way. Oh, I could yeah. see oh, both. Yeah, for sure. Like, clearly. And-
2: and uh, and Hel- the hell Priest's delivery of, oh, yes, we have such sights to show you, is so oh, good. Yeah. Uh, like, I, everybody I know was waiting for the line, waiting for the line. <laughs> and then when it was delivered, it was like, mwah, fucking chef's kiss.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so good. It wasn't like, hey, they said the thing, or like, you know, it was perfectly placed. It was. No, we
0: we it, should say a little something about like how, like Doug Bradley's response. And for yes. example, he was offered, I believe he was offered a cameo in this. And he said no. Because he didn't want to steal any thunder from her,
1: yeah.
0: And I mean, after it came out, a lot of people were like, "Oh, blah blah blah," you know, transphobic shit. And Doug's like, "Go fuck off." He like not only yeah, defended, but killed it. So, he said as much. You know, he was yeah. just like, "I this I happily hand you the throne." Like, please, I actually have
2: what he said. He said, so it's, uh, there's a, this is on his socials. There's a picture of Jamie Clayton as mm-hmm. the hell priest. And he says, I'm a bit blown away by this. The clever redesign of the makeup, the shimmer of the pinheads, the palette, whatever that keyhole or locket or tracheotomy <laughs> thing is at the throat. It's simple, subtle, disturbing, and sexy. Everything it should be. Peace and pain, Doug. Oh, Fantastic. fantastic. Oh. It's like fantastic. how much? Like that's like he's giving his blessing. I think that yeah, that's really lovely, especially cool. because there is that very popular uh, photo of him wearing that shirt that says like "Death Before Remaking Hellraiser" or whatever. Right, right. right <laughs> I don't remember yeah. what the shirt actually said, but that that uh, I mean, it's a pretty iconic sh- shot. I think. Yes. I think also it. though
0: what that was is they were making those direct DVD ones just
4: mm-hmm. to own, totally. like to keep the the name. There were some bad Hell Hellraiser. There
0: was some bad coming hell out, raiser. like
4: in, <laughs> yeah. like oh god, a few uh, for a while, and like it, it's understandable because again, Clyde, also that's the other thing. Clive Barker had nothing to do with right any of yeah. these films right. after yeah. the second one. Yeah,
0: and well, he he produced this one. and I think he consulted like yeah,
4: games. he he had a lot of he consulted a lot. I
0: people. I would hope he's happy with it because yeah, I said
4: he was he enjoyed. I think it. this one fulfilled
0: yeah. the promise of the first two that I have been clinging to for all these years.
1: Yeah.
0: You know. The first two were building something really fucking interesting. And I. it's funny after not watching them for so long and then just always liking them. Watching them now, of course, I see them with like more adult eyes, etc., with more experience and everything like that. But there are some things that like didn't work. But the reason I still like to is because of what it did suggest. And all of those things, I felt like this was a brilliant way to stitch all of that mythology and then have it make sense and have there be levels to it. There are six configurations.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, each one promises yeah. like a different gift of some sort. And we know that this is going to be like the genie and what we do in the shadows. Like there's going to be some fucked up hitch <laughs> at the very yeah. end of this gift.
2: It I, really makes me want to see like the next configurations. Oh, and it makes definitely. me wonder yes. like if the... this does well enough. Which, like, right, streaming services don't release their yeah. internal numbers of how many people are watching. I think that it's largely gotten positive reviews. I think the one negative that I continuously see brought up over and over is that it's too long. I, <laughs> I disagree don't. with that yeah, assessment. Yeah, it does not feel
3: that long. It's, so it f- it's such a quick watch. I think like the reason
2: why... An hour and 30. Yeah, I think the reason why it does not feel long to me is because I was being introduced to everything, which I think is why it was made that way. Mm -hmm. Like, it has to be a little slow because you are completely reimagining this world. And so therefore you're reintroducing everything for the first time. I Mm -hmm. think, like, could there been a a couple of edits? Like, maybe, but I was not bothered by the length at all. It did not feel long to me. I think I was pleasantly surprised that I got more than I thought yeah. um, that I was going to get and I think the story deserves to unfold in such a way that yeah. we have to ask questions and that we get to linger in certain places so yeah. I, d- I was not bothered by that it did, but... a
4: f- it did a far better job of establishing the world than I think the first film did because the first film has like weird penis monster coming down the hallway
0: which, <laughs> Well, they, know, they which they metaphors mirror that, that. Metaphors. They we mirror that measure- shot with Voight <laughs> They and do. it's fucking hilarious yeah, so yeah, I right. caught it this time it's
2: and true.
4: I was like oh yeah it worked in this film but in the original film the only reason that's there is because it's supposed to emphasize that the limit configuration is it, it opens doors mm-hmm. at, to places which kind of ties back to what we're talking about aliens like, with that is like this could be on another planet like you don't yeah. know because the whole point right. is that this thing is it doesn't go to hell it goes to places yes. that yeah. seem hellish to us Mm-hmm. And right. it, it, it it I mean I don't know the entire scene didn't have to be in the first film, I'm sorry. Like Well I no, mean, it, I, it, it, I love it. The effect, but, but it does I just... love it and
0: I love it even more because you can see the little cart like down <laughs> yeah, at the bottom. Yeah, there's <laughs> a, there's a
4: quick shot, yeah, you can see the Like
0: there's right. a dude standing on this cart, but you can totally see the cart and the wheels every now and again and <laughs> I'm just like, "You know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. They try. Yeah. Some of my favorite movies have that in it. Yeah, I that's like that.
4: trying to establish something that's like not talked about again because that didn't really mm-hmm. have to. It didn't serve the plot. Yeah. In this, there's
3: well, no wasted time. No, well, I don't. I, I would understand. say, I would say that. I mean, if we're gonna go with you know the metaphors of this whole thing, it's you know you find out that this pain dimension exists, and that's obviously a metaphor for coming across you know kink for the first time and coming across you know different oh, right, sexualities and really gender yeah. like you know, yeah, you, yeah yeah you look at it you regard it with fear initially um because you don't really know what's going on you don't really get it um and, right but yeah so this this uh sorry there's a little bit of reverb that i'm noticing with my my voice i don't know what's going on um no
0: you sound all right sound really yeah okay. keep going
3: yeah but anyways um I, uh, I just got distracted for a second. Oh, but that—it's that, <laughs> all good. Yeah, the part with the the uh, that you know this random monster, this wall crawling monster, uh, just kind of suggests that you know there's there's more. There's an even like more chaotic and terrifying world out there than this pain dimension. So, Word, this that's, could just—that's
1: what part that suggests.
0: This to could me be, anyways. It this could, could be, be the thing it. that chases you out or it just eats you. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it, that could be its sole role is to wander the hallways and make sure no untoward visitors, you know, are yeah. there. Like, yeah, it's it's I never like really it. a that it's not that big a deal. And it's it's good enough to just creep you out a little bit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, about it's about
1: like, it. ah. Well,
2: talk well about in the academic it. Uh, article that I sent you, CoinOps, um, oh. it was part of what to- what it talks about is how hellraiser is a gothic horror in that mm, like yeah. the horror is within the family like mm-hmm. the things that are happening with Julia and Kirsty yes. and Frank yeah. and, the cenobites uh, aren't even uh, like how,
3: the monsters they're no. kind of like
2: no, Julia's terrifying. Right. Yeah, yeah like Frank is the most horrifying thing and That's Julia yeah. i would He's say the mon- too they're are the, the most monsters. horrifying things right yeah. and well, then, it, so like yeah. but and like that that character <laughs> the, like um there's also this um, this video that I sent you guys. It's like the dark homoeroticism of Clive Barker. Yeah, um, which Shit. I don't have. No, the... I didn't. I didn't watch that one. It so it's okay. Actually, um, it I don't. Things, yeah. I don't have the person's name who made it. So we'll have some show notes. I imagine. Um, yeah. oh, we will yeah. put some resources in there. But um, it talks about that being like. There's. It's between the, the academic article and that and that video. I believe both of them state that like the masculine like sexuality that is dangerous. And so like the um like certainly Frank, um and his like weird like adoption of Kirsty's father's like skin and so playing that role yeah. and like calling himself like come to daddy and yeah. stuff. Was very disturbing but also like menacing like male sexuality within the family. So like you could get into yeah. like the Freudian analyses of that or like psychoanalyses of those types of messages. I think like oh, yeah. whether or not like you can take that or leave it, I think personally. But um like those are certainly messages that are there. Yeah. And I think that um like it's, I mean that thing it like its head is between its legs. Like you know, yeah. like I said, there's not it's not a metaphor. It's a straight line. It's <laughs> yeah.
4: being chased by a giant cock monster sense <laughs> of <For> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm wondering,
0: though, like, are the balls the legs or the hands? It's just <laughs> asking yeah. the real
2: questions. Yeah,
0: we got to get to the bottom of this. But like that same article also uh, had mentioned something about how Julia, for example, has a like, actually a pretty interesting character arc over the first two movies um, where she starts out and you can see you don't get it all in order because, you know, eventually shows up in flashback. Yeah. But like basically, yeah. you know, Frank shows up. And from what I understand, like a a lot of our problems with Frank is that like his acting seems like it's a bit overdone. But I I think it's because it's the studio; they overdubbed his voice with somebody who like wasn't there.
2: And I didn't know that, and so like my when I when I watched the first film, I was like, "God, this is terrible!" I was like, "How am I supposed to sit through the rest of the movie?" He was just too.
4: He was just. I can't can't remember if he was like Scottish, English, or Irish. Like, it was a really thick accent in the studio because you know it's the fucking American. he was like yeah we gotta change that we need need some crossover appeal we need Americans are too dumb to understand oh god when
0: she opens the door and he's standing in the rain with his like curly hair and it's just like greasy looking motherfucker because it's like not even just like bloody wet like when we say these movies are wet we're not even (laughs) talking about just rain like it's not even just rain it's like grease and like
3: oil like there's this a massive amount of ky jelly
0: Oh my God! Something like that's what he used for right gel in now. his hair. He's like hot, it was just like he's greasy. <laughs> yeah,
3: he's a oh, greasy yeah. dude.
2: I I want to hear his original accent because I'm like, so well, that would be hot. Not yeah. this whoever Not they yeah. got to like overdub over him because. But he's, he's also bored. supposed to be <laughs> yeah. Larry's
3: brother, which is a thing. And Larry the actor right. is
0: 19 years
4: older than him.
3: this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, really? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Hey wow previously yeah.
3: in
4: scarface is like the bad guy as well they're all bad but like previously in scarface is like the villain mm. which is i thought was really funny
1: oh and god he to this
4: for some reason
0: what was that i sent you that text about the director of uh hellraiser 2's most recent project which came out in 2018 and i can't remember what it was called like something doggone it was like a kid's movie where like <laughs> a like a <laughs>
4: I can't. Crime a crime-solving
0: dog, but he's a telepathic crime-solving oh dog, God. and he gets some a group of fun-loving kids together to go. Like, oh wait, here it is. It's called. It's called a dog on adventure about a telepathic dog who enlists a group of fun-loving kids to help solve a mystery. So, um, and they find hey, the ba- things we
2: all have to do in order to pay rent, man. No, am like, not.
0: not no shame, no shame. I'm just saying the distance between that and Hellraiser Two, Hellbound. <laughs> are so vast as to suggest two separate people.
4: <laughs> are you kidding have, me? The guy, the, the guy who did the Mad Max movies, especially Mad Max Fury Road, also did Happy Feet. So. Yeah,
1: those you are,
0: know are what? closer together. There's a crazy car uh, chase scene in fucking Bay Pig in the City, okay? Like, it's all nuts. He, he had a whole dog that had a... Well, he had a whole dog that had, like, you know, wheels for the back legs because he had, you know, been hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now, I love that, that, that.
4: Makes way more sense to me. I love the place the the red lines you've made, like to to connect I, all of these things.
0: It's <laughs> I'm like the the meme of
4: Charlie connecting. Happy Sylvia, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, going back to the pain dimension, <laughs> uh, we need to talk about we need to talk about queerness, especially with what's going on recently and yeah. Clive yeah. Barker's queerness and, and this entire fucking thing, because uh, this is pretty gay films. And yeah, yeah, pretty great. It's one of the um.
2: There's a couple of things that I want to point out. So, um, I think like I was, I'm somebody who enjoys TikTok. I know, Um, but um, one of the things that I saw, like, that there was this conversation that was happening on TikTok and some of the other socials is like the criticism of like horror being too woke, (laughs) which uh, I it. Grates I mean, on my nerves for a number so, of reasons because. So, uh, I mean, it but makes me
4: really mad. wow
2: the things that I want to say is that like by, it clearly means that like they don't know what they're talking about, yeah, <laughs> obviously, yeah, no, no. but like um, I like wrote something down as I was like finishing my notes um <laughs> for this conversation, but I said like, by talking about something as being too woke, quote unquote, like. It's a really, it's like a blunt tool being used by the right in order to, like, flatten or erase the experiences of just regular people. (laughs)
0: Anyone who isn't a, like, cis white male. Right, I was going to say,
2: like, it flattens those, or erases those experiences to say that the only real or valid people are straight, white, male, able-bodied, sane, middle-class people. Like, (sighs) And I said, because... Everything is accused of being woke if it deviates from that mythical norm in the same way that like everybody on the right thinks that like Joe fucking Biden is a socialist which is not like, objectively not true. He's just like not a fascist. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's so I said like if everything is labeled that that deviates from the mythical norm Like, showing a person of color, a person who is disabled, a queer person, something that can all be found in one person, by the way, Mm -hmm. like, and are also identities that are held by millions of people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that is not, like, just being diverse for diverse's sake. Like, I, I, it really, really, uh, I think, pisses me off as somebody who, like, yes, I have Uh, you know, I identify as a trans person, as a non-binary person, I'm queer. Um, And I think like, I hold those identities, but also just like, just as a person, (laughs) like, to me, you're exploring those themes. You know, somebody, this person on TikTok, I can like link to their video maybe because it went viral and that's a bit more public, but like, he, this person was describing how like, you know texas chainsaw massacre for example like came out at a time where like there was a massive gas shortage in the 70s and like especially in the south like people were freaking you know like defending gas stations with fucking shotguns and you could have been like murdered you know just getting some gas like you know these things don't exist in a vacuum like Mm -hmm. political messages have been you know all over um horror and I have like a couple of things that I want to say which is like um I, mean, like, I just have a small list of like queer creators in film horror obviously we're talking about Clive Barker mm-hmm. um there's Kevin Williamson who is the screenwriter for Scream who is a gay mm-hmm. man nice. um there's James Whale who is the director of Frankenstein Bride of Frankenstein and The Invisible Man Like there's,
0: the OG uh, ones? He,
2: uh he what
0: the OG ones like back yeah, in the day, Boris Karloff. Wow! All right, uh,
2: Vincent Price. Uh There's yes. Don Mancini yeah. who did the Child's Play movies. Oh, yeah. Uh There's Brian Fuller who does. Yeah. Who did Hannibal? There's Hell Joel yeah. Schumacher. Yeah. Like... Hannibal.
0: Okay, let's pause. Is fucking amazing.
3: Yes.
2: Yeah. It's really dude. Cool. Anything Jesus that
0: Brian Christ. Fuller
3: does is amazing. Like everything. Oh, that...
0: Legion's great. Yeah. Oh, no. i Yeah.
3: Oh, I haven't seen huh? Legion yet, but like. I'm I'm talking about uh, pushing daisies, uh. pushing daisies was yeah yeah. Uh, what else?
2: Yeah. Uh, Rand Fuller God, is a really good uh, creator, I would say. What's that, damn what good is that one with uh, Mandy Patinkin in
3: it? Um.
0: Oh, oh 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 oh, the dead one.
3: Yeah, oh. dead like me. There we go.
0: Dead like me. Ah, deadly not
3: That one was so good.
1: Anyway, but I'm it, sorry. We, no, we just no, had okay. to fan out. Our, our- and so,
3: <laughs>
2: there's, if people are interested in, in finding out more about the like queer history of horror, there are two things that came out actually this year that I would recommend. Um, one is a documentary style program um, from Shudder. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is called Queer for Fear, The History of Queer Horror. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a book that is an anthology with 25 essays about popular horror that just came out in September. And it's called It Came from the Closet, Queer Reflections on Horror and I that's think that that's a great title I know. it's great because the art is so good it is it portrays a grave like a freshly dug grave and so it's like the headstone and then the dirt and then like there's a hand popping out but it's okay. like a limp wrist and I, <laughs> and I love it. it's so good um and i think the other thing i want to say just like as i'm on my soapbox is like horror has always sort of occupied this interesting space that it can be both oppressive and empowering for queer people i think like it came from the closet Mm -hmm. definitely talks about that that it can be both yeah i think one of the reasons why it's still oppressive is that you can find very like anti-feminist anti-queer
3: series
1: you know yeah like Leave uh, away camp too
2: you know all that kind of stuff like they can be very there are like very overt oppressive yeah anti-trope of uh, you know the black man progress like words.
0: messages Well, little psycho yeah
2: yeah and yeah. then yeah. but there's also empowerment i think in that which is like there are not in those oppressive messages but there's also empowering um moments as well which is like um you know i think like knowing that there are all of these creators and that horror has always sort of been inextricably linked with um, with queer folks and being queer, like those messages are obvious metaphors. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like those things are all there. I think the other thing is, is that like there's the Barry or gaze trope, which was originally a literary trope that um, began in the 19th century, became popularized through film because of the Hayes code in the 20th century the barrier gaze trope is essentially like you can portray queerness or it's often a couple uh, provided that at the end of the story like that person is either renouncing their queerness like yes. found out they were never queer um and they run into the arms of their heterosexual lover or yeah, that always you know, happens. particularly in horror is the fridging of one of them which is right. like somebody gets killed right um so I just want to say that like queerness and horror are inextricably linked. There are good things. I think like you can find like super campy performances that like mm. are fantastic. I think that um, like a great example right now is Interview with the Vampire, the new TV yeah. show. I yeah. highly recommend yeah. it on AMC. Um, yeah. Like it. It explores, it's a reimagining of the story from Anne Rice. Um, it portrays uh, Louis DuPont Lac as a black man in the early 1900s. Um, like, I think gives a, a new um, dimension to that character. I think like there are, are positives and negatives about that. Um, but like uh, the Sam Reed who portrays uh, Lestat de Lioncourt, um, he is giving one of the most campy performances I've ever seen. And it's magnificent to watch. I like. Um, Hey,
0: look, that can work. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um,
2: And so I, I guess like to end my soapbox moment, um, which (laughs) thank you for providing it to me. um, Sure. Of course. In the wake of the Colorado Springs shooting, um, and in the wake of increasing fascistic violence toward queer people, trans people, um, I think that I want to say I appreciated in a new way talking about Jamie Clayton's performance as uh, the hell priest, because she's magnificent. Um, I think like it's really powerful, I think to see a queer person who is not a sympathetic stereotype. Um, Like the hell priest is a complicated, powerful beautiful character that like does not require her to be perfect or even good, you know, as yeah. a as a moral a moral like uh, story or message. Um, I think like seeing complicated queer representation is important because queer people are complicated, just like people who are not queer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, not using Hellraiser to say something is uh, it's been a really difficult week. I think in particular, seeing the prevalence of people blaming queer and trans people for our own deaths and their own deaths in Colorado is really disgusting. Um, And I am asking your listeners um, to not just hold their queer and trans friends tightly, but to continue to educate themselves and fucking help us, man. (laughs) Um, Like we, I, you know, we need our allies to step up and say that this shit is not acceptable and um, to help us, you know, like I wasn't originally going to say that. I think like I, I decided I wasn't going to like write my comments um, Mm -hmm. because I was I didn't want to cry (laughs) before we recorded this. Um, But like, we, we need to stop this shit. Uh, It needs to stop happening. And we need people who are not queer and trans to also stand up for us. Um, And the reason why is because um, not only is it the right thing to do, obviously, but um, you know, people who become the scapegoated you know censored people in a society like it's just a matter of time until it's not just that group but it's another group and um we need to stop that shit now like fascism needs to die uh we need to make sure that it gets stamped out of what's going on in this country um i mean i know that there is a long history of um right-wing extremism in particular but i uh i'm seeing a a lot of alarming things that are that is swiftly being normalized that needs to be yep. nipped in the bud asap and so um thank you for letting me say my piece here thank you for letting me be here absolutely um mm-hmm. and i can yield my microphone i think my i just, <laughs> to, uh, final point is i just want to say all of my thoughts are obviously with the families friends community members um of the people who were killed, um, and injured, um, the community, uh, in Florida from the pulse shooting, I know is still grieving and hurting. And so all of my love and thoughts go out to everybody, um, who can hear this and, um, are affected by what's happening. Even, if you're not queer and trans, but you see what's happening and you are saying this can't happen anymore, my thoughts are with you, too, because it is a terrifying, dramatic thing to watch uh, every day and to worry just walking up out your out of your door and, and thinking to yourself, you know, what do I need to do if somebody pulls a gun in this Walmart or this Kroger or. Which
0: literally just happened.
2: Just anywhere. Yeah, I think about right. That.
4: Pretty much every so, day, which yeah. is yeah. not the sign of a healthy society. Well, the frequency
0: yeah. and severity of things—I
2: yeah, mean, things are ramping up for sure, and I yeah. think we yeah. need to do something. Yeah, I'm soon. kind
3: of in a uh, Trump um, country right now, and slowly becoming more and more agoraphobic
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I look. So I know that I know that that was uh preachy. I guess is no, well as but we need to, to like it, but, this uh, needs to be. Just, it's happening.
0: It. Yeah. yeah and no, it needs I'm, to be yeah. said and it's it's you know we need to speak to the heroes of you know club q yeah who stopped the shooter cuz it wasn't a fucking cop you know yeah. mm-hmm. and it's screw screw show notes let's like we're at, we'll, we're going to put some fundraisers or something at the bottom somewhere to send money to help yeah we'll figures something or something out. um some network some some way to like get in touch with and see what the fuck is going on out here, folks. Because this is historically speaking to co- totally get off the, you know, mythical hellraiser and talk about the actual fucking hell that is being raised. This always happens. Yeah. This happened in Germany. They went after trans people first and burned a library's worth of information about it. Yeah. And then proceeded on and went, went through the mentally handicapped and the physically you know challenged and etc cetera, etc cetera. and they just kept fucking killing people until they were like i don't know i don't know about the brown hairs yeah they're running out of people to kill it's a fucking illness and it's just it's there's never enough they never stop yeah. because it's not about actually solving problems it's about being right Uh politically, but also like thinking you're correct to such a degree that like everyone needs to live by your example, and none of these people have anyone's best interests at heart. It's just a power grab. And they will fucking go after the weakest and most marginalized people you know first. Yeah. And it's terrifying. More than fucking pinhead. Yeah. Like this is this is the real shit. And we're here in it.
3: Speaking of like going back to the whole the uh, the quote-unquote wokeness in, uh, in like modern art, you know, the people who complain about that are probably the ones who are more most terrified by Hellraiser.
4: In all honesty, yeah, or just did, like, didn't understand it. Like that exactly. That's why they're art. scared it's of it. Like, yeah, like this, and they're not like, making art. <laughs> no, absolutely <yeah>. not.
2: Well, <laughs> they can't. I. I... I don't want to call you out, um, scum, but maybe to try and steer the conversation back toward the film. Um, what I will say (laughs) is that like, as a person who experiences trauma, I seek out stories that, um, you know, can reflect some of the really difficult things that happened in my life. I mean, sometimes it's too much, you know, sometimes it's not the, Mm -hmm. it's the exact opposite thing that I need, but I actually think that, um. You know, ex- seeing stories that uh, portray trauma in various ways um, can be mm. cathartic. It can oh. also be instructive. Yeah. Not that fiction needs to be didactic or, uh, oh, God, you know, please, morality that's... tales yeah. necessarily, yeah. but I think, like, um, there is, you know, uh, I think a use for seeing some of those things. And it's the same thing I- uh, of seeing, like, horror. Um, or experiencing fear in a controlled environment, right? Where mm, so that can yeah. be really cathartic. It can yeah. help you tap into some of those things that, excuse me, you keep those doors closed, right? And so, right, yeah. um, I like I said, I'm not trying to call you out, but you had mentioned something like that where yeah, I yeah. thought maybe you might want to reveal something it, yeah, like just, that. You
4: know, it's, it's funny because um, with Twitter, you know, in death throes, I decided to finally <laughs> suck it up and get the courage to actually... Because I, I hate talking to artists who I really like because then I just shut the fuck up and just want to hear every fucking word they have to say ever. Yeah. But in this sense, I'm like, all right, this platform's going to go away. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to contact her again. So I messaged Paula D. Ash, who okay. I'm going to send this episode to. And <laughs> okay. she is a phenomenal writer. She's a phenomenal queer horror writer. Her stuff is traumatic as fuck. Like literally just going through all of these fucking abused characters and this incredible, incredible horror and reading her stuff where she goes to places a lot of people have too much sense of it. like it, it, it's a lot and reading these stories kind of validated my own trauma in a way for the first time i've never experienced before in writing mm. and i felt much more validated in the powerful things that have happened to me and i just had a her and like hey this like was incredible you know and she was really she's really nice and she's <laughs> also a huge Hellraiser fan so we get to bond over that yeah, but, oh, uh, yeah. so if you're listening to this hi and <laughs> um, yeah so that was it,
2: adorable it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh.
4: it's funny considering the
0: the subject matter like we've had a lot of like fan out moments i think over the course of this because it's just like yeah these people get it they make us feel the thing
1: yeah it's they and that's the thing make we'll us
0: happen. feel
4: ourselves you know because yeah, like it's yeah. a, the queer i think i mentioned it, like when we we're doing twitter like i just got into twitter and like the queer horror space and i'm like ah oh, you know like this is how you process like you were saying it's like, this is, and you're right It's like, this is how you process things and it's like as a horror fan my entire life it's that's my happy place you know yeah. <laughs> like horror yeah. fiction horror movies it's like that's where i go to relax yeah
2: and it doesn't have to be like that's what it's for you know no, it has to no. you have to get this you know i'm processing my trauma like There's award from it but, but that is one use watch, yeah. of horror it is mm-hmm. like You can go because of the creativity. You can go because of the like really seductive and cool storylines. You can go to like have the shit scared out of you in a controlled environment. You can, you know, enjoy the aesthetics or the music or, you know, whatever, or, you know, it it can be any combination of those things. It doesn't have to be, you know, one thing. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about genre fiction generally.
0: Right. Any genre. I like anyone's like, just the most outside approach to the topic or the subject or something like that—some inversion, something I oh, didn't see please. coming. You know, like like mm-hmm. I said, we were even talking about earlier. Like, you know, a lot of problems with Hellraiser too. But damn it, there are certain ideas in there that stick in your craw. And I, to kind of circle back to what we were saying, like a little while ago, when we were kind of talking about just how things were presented in the the this the new one, the twenty twenty two one. I don't want to call it a reboot or even a reimagining. It's just like yeah. reestablishment. I think like. They had 30 years to think about it. You know, it's been in the public's kind of subconscious for about 30 some years. And and people like myself have been sitting there since they saw two for the first time, trying to piece all this shit together and make it make sense. There is something bigger out there. It suggested that. What does that thing look like? And so we would sketch in our notebooks, you know, constantly like, okay, so here's the fucking maze. Here's the Leviathan thing. What's in that room?
3: You're, uh, you know, you're what's going on in this hallway? Your own little lament configurations.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the idea that the thing could turn into like the bladed spike thing.
3: Yeah.
0: In the second movie was like, oh shit. Um, and also the second movie is totally saved by the the finale, like just what hmm? <laughs> like, Kirsty putting on the skin suit. But um, yeah. <laughs>
4: ridiculous, ridiculous yeah. moment. It was sincere. yeah.
0: But, like, That's shout good. out to the actor playing Julia for, like, really making you feel like it wasn't her in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, in those yeah, yeah. moments. I
4: don't know. There's something I'm to be said I'm about tangenting at this point. There's I'm something just... to be said about wearing somebody else's skin, you know? Like, <laughs> right. It, there's a lot of that in these films of yeah. just physical transformation that, you know, if you don't feel comfortable in your own skin, you know, I'm like, yeah. I really, really one enjoy... video?
0: uh go ahead oh no damon damon sent, sent us this video or sent me this video where it was like it was this like scottish guy or something like he's, he's talking about the movie and at one point it, he, he cuts to that's ryan all...
2: hollinger i that was the guy whose name i was going to mention earlier it's ah. um he is a horror youtuber and yeah. he nice. is fantastic and he's he covers um he does like a. This was like a. Is is Hellraiser still scary? Sort of uh, yeah. angle mm-hmm. about that. But yeah. yeah, Ryan Hollinger. We can include that in the show notes.
1: Yeah, he
0: he cut to. It's always sunny in Philadelphia with um, Dennis talking about like the the sheer pleasure of wearing another man's skin, like.
2: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it just
0: it just made me want to go back and watch It's Always Sunny again. Like, it's,
1: oh fuck, oh. man. Well, and that in uh, of
2: itself is like a very queer experience. It's like oh, you yeah. can you can feel that the skin, you know, metaphorically or even you know literally, like doesn't fit you, right. <laughs> like, and it's or you're maybe borrowing somebody else's until you can figure out how you exist in your own. Like that is mm-hmm. a very queer experience.
4: Oh no, so oh, oh, yeah. like, The metaphor, like, because in the, in the first two films, not wearing your own skin meant that you were. You're dead you've been to the place you know that's what happens mm-hmm. in the yeah. in the latest film it's like the destruction of self because her mm-hmm. bro- brother shows up a few times after he's taken and you could tell it's like oh he's just gonna be a blood-hungry ghost yeah. like he's barely there mm-hmm. you know and it's the idea but no of-
0: they make him solid and when she sees him in the mirror he's like skinless so like everything yeah. that they did with yeah. that was really yeah God, I wish we had more time to like go through like all the callbacks yeah. that yeah. they managed to stitch in
4: so better. fucking well.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean,
4: no ominous. Like it's not just a state of being where you're like okay, I need blood so I can be whole again. It's kind of like yeah, yeah. it's like you've really have been stripped down, you know. Yeah. And in I guess maybe after a few millennia, you get to be a Cinebyte if you figure if your mind goes in the right places.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you considered you you put the first two movies together. That's three hours and ten minutes ballpark yeah. right they took all of the good shit from both of those maybe they changed the domestic home like set up a little bit they made it about something different yeah. but like they took all of the essential mythologies the ritualization is really brought forth just in the way they moved and what it was suggesting and the fact that they were, we got to see different configurations of the box yeah. we got to be told what they mean and that there was a process to it it was like sixes within sixes. Like there's six forms. You have to kill six people. But then there's like, how many have we seen? We've
3: seen what? Three?
4: What yeah. does love look like? I right. know.
3: That's yeah. the
2: one that I'm really like, I want to see that story. Well, I, I want to talk
3: better. about the box. Like the the metaphor of the box, I think, is really powerful to me because I mean, well, it's yeah, you know, it going back to like, yeah, to the first two movies, you know, it's it's clear that it's like it's that, that little itch in your brain, you know, when mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. that sort it's of the world's exi- worst fidget spinner. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's a
4: fucking you know, nightmare for ADHD people. For
3: me, for me, it's like uh, I relate it to just discovering my own kink and my own sexuality and just kind of like that little itch in your brain that you you're just trying to scratch you're trying to find you know the answer to something and then you find out and it's scary you know at first are you are
0: you rotating an orb in your mind (laughs) (laughs) but that's no but seriously
2: inside you shadowling well
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've got a little labyrinth um I'm running through uh, trying to I mean, find but for real. I mean,
0: that's, no, that's, that's, that's you're absolutely right. Coming out of
4: the closet. Like. Yeah. Well, it,
0: yeah. But it's also it's that object that sits in your head when you see something weird, like a bandaged Julia making out with fucking dude. Yeah. And it starts something in your head and you just think about that. Maybe you don't. Maybe your subconscious thinks about that. But it becomes the, that's the key. That's the gateway opener. Yeah. You know, yeah, is just this thing that sticks in your kid and your development? You're just
4: never going to push you over. They're just going to poke at it and let you. I mean,
2: the the um archetypal you know symbolism too is also like it's Pandora's box, right? right. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, absolutely. Voight clearly thinks he's going to get something, but instead he gets everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and Waka
0: <Walk-a-walk-a>. Waka, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um,
2: but fuck. That's also Frank. <laughs> it's also Frank, though, too. Like yeah. the I think. Yeah. The message of addiction, I think, is pretty and, um, obvious. I would say in, mm, in both, mm-hmm. I think, in, in different ways. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I I was talking to you guys about this, where like the 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 trope of the addict or the the character archetype of the addict, like mm-hmm. you can see that Hellraiser twenty two is really a kind of a product of the time, yes. um, yeah, I mean, and so is absolutely. so is the first. And yeah. I think because like an addict. Um, portrayed in like the 1980s in particular like i mean right like frank is he's an addict for experience for the rush for Mm -hmm. pleasure things like that like willing to do absolutely anything in order to chase chase his fix right and so i think like frank is a is a horrific character right but but in in Hellraiser 22, Riley could be anybody's sister, could be yeah. anybody's friend.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: Riley, in my opinion, I think that there are other people that disagree, but I think that Riley is a very sympathetic character. Oh, and sound. her arc is so different than Frank's because Frank is seeking what the box has. But yeah. Riley is given given it and like she doesn't know what it is. It's an accidental journey that mm-hmm. even though she you know starts off where she's lied to by trevor and set up like um she ultimately <sighs> even though she is hurting people it's like i don't think that's her fault she's not doing it maliciously no, unlike frank yeah. who is willing to sacrifice anybody to get yeah, what he wants absolutely right? yeah that's I mean, it's a very I mean, different portrayal
0: so far as to just like sticking his fingers in your neck to you know eat your essence or whatever like mm-hmm.
3: The thing with, like, oh, man. That line that, about... uh, that Riley's brother Matt says early on in the movie, um, you're playing games that you'll lose, really sticks yeah. out in my head a lot You know when, oh, uh, yeah. when yeah. relating it's this persecuted. to addiction. Like... Well, oh,
0: also, yeah. you, you have to consider yeah. Voight's parallel to Leviathan. Yeah, mm-hmm. Voight isn't doing the thing. He's given it to Trevor to give to people to collect for him. Yeah. The way and Leviathan, Serena before Trevor and right yeah. exactly exactly and and the way Leviathan sends its centibites to collect you know the result of the deal
3: yeah
0: you know but he's bad at it <laughs> like that's <laughs> the problem he's like ah, I got this figured out like he's all he's so fucking close but that ten thousandth of a percent is a galaxy of distance yeah because he's going up against this infinite thing you know mm-hmm. like. Oh, cosmic horror I mean they well,
2: oh, and go. and void being a billionaire, I mean, he outsources everything, right, yeah. so like I mean oh, yeah. he outsources the workers or whatever to yeah. get you know to get him his wealth, and so like he outsources you know the dirtying of his hands in order to get what he wants too. I think, yeah. like his six years in this purgatorial state with the loom in his chest, like is it the first time that he's ever really felt the sting of like? anything like i don't know it's yeah. possible yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. i think that that's really interesting too because like i think frank is very much coded as like a working class like i don't want to say ne'er do well but like, like you know he's paraphilic. obviously like a, he's the bad he's no a, he's, he's he's the, he's the bad drifter. uncle he's you know like
0: mm-hmm. he, he's the uncle he nobody talks about yeah that's all like yeah, that's he, it's, he has that greasy it's
3: suggested that he's like that he's abused uh kirsty as well at points in her life yeah. yeah she's that, she's a little creep out by him that for
0: sure. if nothing else yeah. is there
4: yeah uh, I think, oh i had something Hang on. back to like addiction it was kind of like this weird point i kind of figured out in my head last night of because damon you were talking about uh addiction and how that ties into the story there's like two religions in this in this movie which is the cinebites and uh the 12-step program <laughs> yeah
2: yeah definitely they do,
4: yeah they do call that out at one point yeah
2: when she's
0: getting in the car with trevor Which, I well that's where Travis. her and
2: trevor met they yes. met and started fucking after <laughs> going right. to the 12-step program
0: but then like they're getting into the car together and she's like this isn't a fucking meeting to him you know like yeah, yeah. Like, he's trying try to
2: process shit. what's happening and that's what right. and that's the word he mm-hmm. uses he's yeah, like i don't yeah, know how yeah. to process this or whatever and she's like we're not at a meeting
4: Oh man! Yeah, I just thought that was interesting because like yeah, I had and... a twelve step program described to me as like a like religion. Oh, look
0: into like, its yeah, origins.
2: Well, it's that's pretty yeah. fucking clear. Yeah, that's a yeah. whole different conversation. But yes. like accepting a higher power is like all, is part of it because yeah. that's like one of the steps.
0: Yeah. yeah. God, Doug Stanhope had a great power. bit about that. Stanhope was like alcohol. <laughs> but that's that's the greater power in my life. <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> i don't mean to make light of it enough. but it's just like uh well you gotta you gotta really be careful with what kind of like wording you're putting out there i yeah. guess with your
3: stuff yeah. that uh that transitions from like from the original movies where the parallels would seem to be more to kink because if you notice like none of the people who like get dragged into the pain dimension really do it i mean it, kirsty a little bit kind of but like you you can tell that she wanted to solve the box like we said before you know this is these people wanted it you know they it so that implies that this is like they wanted this to happen to themselves um Mm -hmm. and like but and like in uh uh i just watched too this morning but there's that line he said it's not hands that call us it is desire that pinhead says when he when he finds Mm -hmm. tiffany with the box she didn't even want to go there she didn't even want to go to the pain dimension so like it's very clear that they're like these are the the watchdogs of like the bdsm community the ones (laughs) they care about consent whereas frank does not but then there's in
0: there there are a much slower version of that guy in the pit that makes sure you're okay after you catch an elbow
2: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) love the translation of what that was oh (laughs) man yeah it's beautiful Um, you
4: definitely like made me think about that because i didn't really for some reason i didn't put like two and two together with that it's like you're you're right about that they really want you to be want you to be there i mean they'll probably they they want you you to to want 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 to be there there. yes yes
0: that's that's
3: the, see like what there. Dr. chenard says when he gets out of the uh, when he gets out of the elevator he's like I mean because it seems like he's scared at first when he gets dragged yeah. into the horror elevator that's like the, yeah. the tentacle rape elevator as I'm thinking of it um, oh, but like oh I, my god but he comes out and he's like to think I hesitated
1: I right. love yeah. that scene Man, that's actually so good, good. Mm.
4: <laughs> mm. that's why you get a fucking theater actor in your horror movie hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking love that guy he didn't man. even want to be in that movie you know why he's in that movie because his son was a fan of the first one he's like dad you're gonna take
2: this that's role. so funny. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that's awesome that, that makes
4: me so sad because
0: oh. like he was really shaping up to be like oh man that whole opening where fucking julia comes back is so much sloppier than yeah. When Frank came back, and Absolutely so brutal. fucking terrifying, That's like brutal. it holds up, it made me creepy. Uh-huh. Yeah, but there was this uh, I had this thought about void that was just like he built this cage around his house, made a fucking know. metal that <laughs>
2: like, looks like the box. I mean, it, everybody that I've seen react to the, the film mentions. It's how how the cage looks like the box and it's a
0: practical effect like it's amazing that makes me really happy and then with like all of that going on the fact that the loom would occasionally randomly shut off just so he couldn't get used to it yeah
1: yeah Mm -hmm. that's like worse
0: that's delicious (laughs) delicious (laughs) like yeah oh that mm, how how does he think too like instead and and wait wait one more thing He's talking to Trevor after Trevor gets his arm bit up and he's laying on the couch and stuff. And he's like, this is where you find out Trevor's a piece of shit. He's the thing starts up and he's like, every second's like an eternity.
2: Yeah. It's like a
0: thousand years or something. He said to him. And I was just like, this is what the first couple were kind of missing a little bit. It was like a little bit of residual. It's like this guy made it through and He's stuck here now, but he can't die. But like, how's this work?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Also the loom
0: made me feel something that like new, like, imagining what that what was doing. What did it make you feel? Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. goddamn.
0: Like, my nerves were being run through a fucking, like, noodle maker. Like, it was you, just... I mean... I didn't it, like it.
2: My yeah. toes curled whenever it happened. I was like, no! Oh,
0: every time, right? Like, everything. Everything. Toes curled, like, I clench up a little bit, butt tight. You know, like,
4: just... <laughs> I just what the think fuck of, is happening? I just I mean, think of my nerve damage, and I'm like, yeah.
3: I have, oh, I have recovered from addictions yeah. of my own in the past, and... Uh, uh, let me tell you, I can not relate on that level, but I can relate. I think just the, yeah that experience of suddenly just not knowing when the pain's going to hit you, you know. Mm-hmm. and The right. randomness.
4: Yeah, like for this, yeah, I you think
0: can't even breathe. Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah, you're, yeah. you're just like, can I relax? Nope, nope, we can't. And then we get that shot of him with the fucking like wire cutters trying to like reach into the thing, Ugh. and it's yeah, oh, funny. Crazy. I yeah, watched that, that crazy. I rewound that and watched that a few times. It's like he doesn't even get close to it, and it fucking breaks him. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, it's not even man. on. That's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he's it turns on like right when he's about to touch it, which is worse.
2: My thing is like, is he? i mean yes i understand that he's trying to like dislodge or you know disrupt the mechanics of it but i'm mm-hmm. also like would he think about just cutting his own nerves and then i'm like that made me feel nauseous and so oh, really? I'm like i can't yeah. think about yeah. that no. the fucked up thing
4: is too is like this was given to him as like a meditative device essentially because like yeah. well, now you're immortal now go up the mountain and just like focus on this thing and find new thresholds basically and right. he in that sense he failed he was better. He was actually better at dominating than he, he wasn't accepting this sensation, which they recognized. No, you know? let's let's yeah. give
0: him credit where credits due. A lot of that place looked like he kept up with it, like he was dusting. You know, <laughs> not all of it. The bar, the bar bullshit. was the bar was pretty fucking dusty, but That's like he, he's got to be getting bored, and he gets like, he's like, I. Uh,
2: He's literally climbing the wall, like in the walls, like where he attacks Nora. Sure,
0: sure, sure. But you get into that main room.
2: Yeah, we have.
4: Oh no, so sad. But oh man, that scene too. We got to make some time for this because we need yeah, to. Talk okay, about all the, right, this let's let's that...
0: do let's do Nora. Let's end with Nora. Yeah,
2: Ugh, that's so sad. I know. Um, Nora th- is one of the worst I...
0: kills in the entire fucking yeah.
3: series. Oh
2: yeah. man, yeah, Total. It's real. Pa- it's real painful. I think I... like, uh... and
0: it does some amazing shit too. Oh you know? yeah, yes. like at the same time, like. Ugh.
2: so i i yeah, do think that i liked that they held back on showing some real gore until they until nora's death now mm-hmm. i was very yeah. sad that nora died because yeah. even yeah. though we don't get a lot of her like it's so clear she, she didn't, didn't do anything she's trying to help you know yeah. innocent now, like, as a this,
0: puppy like no way I knew, she should have been it was caught up in be this bad.
2: well We're i think there. that's the point right like yeah. this is the mm-hmm. this is the part of the like
0: Sacrifice the innocent, the most innocent. Well, it's yeah.
2: not even sacrifice. Like I, I'm, I'm still. I think, I think I get caught up in like the addict's journey, where it's like you hurt the people that you try to, mm-hmm. that try mm-hmm. to love you, that try to help you, stuff like yeah. that. And even it's even inadvertent, right? Like, yes. I think like it's. Uh, I'm not trying to moralize it. I think like that makes me feel uncomfortable because like Nora mm-hmm. didn't do anything. Yeah, I right, think right. like Nora's death is. <sighs> <laughs> it's horrifying. I think like yeah. I, I, yeah. so I'm real bad with gore. And so like when this yeah. happened, I was like, I don't know if I can do this coin ops. So I might need to tap out of here. Um, But it's a lot. Yeah. But yeah. well, it, it the- starts
0: with the coolest thing though, in the series, because every time you ever see like them come to claim you, the Cenobite show up to claim you, it's always in a building or it's, it's like somewhere where like the, the door opens. And there's this weird blue thing. They're in a moving fucking van.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, that and shot of like the the front seat getting farther and farther the, stretching? Away, like, oh. the kind of dread that I felt in my yeah. stomach uh-huh. when I saw that was unreal oh,
1: it was
0: spectacular because you're yeah, looking at the back of this van but as the back of the van is stretching away you're seeing brick yeah. unmoving brick yeah. and as the front of the truck is or the van is moving away you're, you're seeing that there's like an arch tunnel like an arch tunnel above the we're like the cutaway of the van like she's yeah. just in open space and this thing is just dissolving in half around her and yeah. then oh buddy yeah. oh i knew it was gonna I be mean, bad
4: when Nora just because when you get stabbed with this thing you get kind of high essentially and it's yeah you're tagged i, I knew yeah. nor i knew Nora was fu- i knew this was gonna be bad when Nora just looks over to riley and is like do you hear bells yes and oh yeah i'm like oh no and then i was like excited for a second i'm like yeah, like I said, she's in a moving van. How are they going to do that?
1: <laughs> I where d- totally. Freeze. When
4: it happened,
1: oh, oh. that's it's, a real that like uncanny terrifying.
2: valley sort of moment almost, mm-hmm. where it's like you, the understanding of space and where your body is completely gets shredded, and mm-hmm. that I think is a like a, it's an it's a horror that like. Is like mm. I said, the only thing I can think of is uncanny. Like it's this yeah. idea that your reality is not what reality is. You are no and longer it's... in
0: anything that you meaningfully recognize. Right? Correct.
2: Yeah, the yes. This is
4: a good example. It's it's yeah. Eldritch Horror. Yes. Yeah. It's something. It, you're in a space you don't understand, and fuck knows how you got there. And also, yeah. this is the scene where we get to see the Hell Priest in all of her all of her dreadful glory. Yeah. And and the part where she, the first
3: oh, time, where she just. The pin isn't even sharp, and she just
2: pushes it through her throat and oh man, oh no no no, oh. hold on, wait, wait, we are not to get, there yet we need we need to, need, we, need to we have sit, to earn that just <laughs> sit in that moment where the hell priest says, What is it you pray for and oh, oh. uh Nora says salvation, oh, man. and then the hell priest asks what it would feel like, yeah, and I like I was speechless, i couldn't i it was so riveting to watch i like even though i desperately wanted to look away i couldn't because like that's such a a wonderful like that's a meditation in and of itself of like what does salvation feel like to you and i think like the idea of you know this unending like pleasure or um relief uh that is never ending like and then the hell priest says like where like there's no music in that i was just like no (laughs) that's gonna stick with me for the rest of my days
4: it's such it's such a good like theological debate of like something you never fucking thought of and it's like and they describe it like like is it like terms of being static yeah of like there's it doesn't Def- okay. Just
0: an unending note of ecstasy forever or something. Like yeah. That. And instead, like, what you get is the pin tuning her voice where they go into you see the voice box. Like they yeah. have this great like cj shot of the voice inbox box with like the fucking pins oh, kind of to through. Of
2: fucking nightmares.
0: Pinheads moving it around like Tuning a radio, yeah, and, and like turning it, like it's tuning awful. the pitch on a string. It's fucking, so yeah. it's one of like, the most it, incredible it, sequences, though. For it is going to make you feel shit like, yes, yeah. a lot of things, like emotionally, but also like, wow, that's gross. And just yes. what she's Christ. seeing
4: too for it is like, she's doing it and was like, but this, this is beautiful. <laughs> like, it's oh. like, there's no such music in heaven.
1: Oh, yeah. god, oh, and
0: man, then, man. uh and then. Like it's just isn't like the chatterer like right up in her face yeah, for the a chatter- hard yes. second yeah, so,
4: yeah. The chatter- and then the, well Let's so and there's hooks
0: there's hooks going on here, and they they bend her in half backwards, basically yeah. like at the point of tension,
2: the yeah, the hell priest beckons her with the gesture, and then her back like arches like a bow, you know, yeah. and she yeah. is looking at the hell priest from upside down. Yeah. And, and that's then,
0: where the pin tuning happens. Correct. Yeah.
2: And then and then she goes forward and that's where Chatterer looks like he's like holding her face. Yeah. Like in his hands, which mm-hmm. is terrifying. And Tenderly. then he just Yes. I was just gonna say it's tender, it's weird. And then like his non face is covered with blood. And oh. His because. teeth are chattering, obviously. Yeah. And one then the look the... that Riley gets uh in the rear view mirror
0: is incredible. Yeah. Yes. Because no one can see this shit, but she's like connected to no. the thing. She yes. sees the mirror, and then after the one of the worst things you'll see in a minute, it's this I'm not gonna say I'll save it for you if yeah. you haven't seen it. Yeah. You snap back to the van and just <laughs> a whole bunch of blood just drops right in the space where right or where Nora used to be. Out of thin yeah. air. Out of yeah. thin air. Yeah. It's, and then everybody's got to deal with that.
3: Yeah, I still have missed so many the details. And, I watched it twice, and I still miss so
4: many details from this this movie.
2: Yeah, I watched you know, it,
4: it five times, and I think I'm still there's probably some things I probably missed. It really
0: <laughs> rewards uh, a, a reviewing, not because it's like, yeah, because like once you know how it's going to turn out, then you can watch how they develop it. Mm-hmm. And see like when things start and when things are like, oh, wow, this got fucked up early and like, oh, wow, that was happening and blah, blah, blah. And it's it's extremely
4: it's extremely cleverly crafted. It's Mm -hmm. very competently shot. It's gorgeous. It's It's gorgeous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really
4: wonderful. Very pretty in a way. Like, again, you know, in a way you wouldn't expect it. But it it is. And there's an arrangement
0: of elements in the room that will suggest like like old iconography. You know, from... I think
2: that the art that is used to accompany when Riley goes into the mansion and finds Voight's, like study or whatever, hmm. um, the aesthetics that are being used there, like the um like old almost encyclopedic, like like wood carving esque yeah. mm-hmm. illustrations of like angels and stuff like that, and then seeing yeah. the sketches of the Cenobites and yes um i really like all of that i my thing is i love lore and so like when i watched this film like that's the thing that i like loved in in like accompanying i think um the rest of the story like it reminded me a little bit like i think often lore can be like one of the best parts of the movie and it can make a bad movie really good (laughs) so like yeah. uh i think of 13 ghosts in particular yeah. so, like i like lo- i like 13 ghosts because i love matthew lillard right um but right. i also the, like the lore makes that movie each and ghost so... had a
0: backstory like the big guy that bent the guy in half backwards which totally. is the best yeah. effect in that fucking movie hands yeah. down and but, the like... thing is
2: is like if you saw it on dvd you got access to all the backstories and mm-hmm. stuff and like that yeah. was what i really wanted
1: yeah. um
2: and so like i really loved that we got to sit in like I, I want to see that notebook yeah, I <laughs> that, 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 Boyd, that Boyd has because that looks amazing. I love all of his oh, notes. Like oh, I paused some, several times just to, to try it. and like read what he wrote and mm-hmm. figure out what he's making notes of. Yeah, and yeah. that was um, a
0: thing that they definitely pulled from the second movie and made better yeah. because there's that scene where like the, this kid who all right, so in the second movie he meets up with Kirsty, is this doctor? He's the assistant of our bad guy whose name I can never fucking remember. Yeah. And he ends up like breaking Even into the doctor's house right and yeah you and you're like wow this is gonna be like the love interest or whatever he gets marked yeah. like so oh, yeah. early in the fucking movie i think but God, like
4: he was terrible
0: yeah he <laughs> wasn't good but i kind of liked him his like i don't know uh, i mean his acting was terrible yeah no but i i liked him you know what i mean like i liked it <laughs> yeah. i like i was like eh,
2: yeah.
0: is this what we're doing guys okay cool let's do this
2: but, like, relatable <laughs> but he's
0: looking through like the doctor stuff and he's got the, he's got three fucking like puzzle boxes, man. What? And then on the back wall, there's this black and white classic photograph of Alistair Crowley with the hat on doing the, the, the fucking horns. You know what I'm talking about? Where he's got his like forearms kind of framing his head and he's like sticking his thumbs out. And I was just like, God, they really did try, didn't they? A little bit. Yeah. Didn't they? But he also had books. You know what I mean? He yeah. had this research. He had the photograph of like the old school skin or
3: uh, skinhead. Listen to me. Fucking pinhead. Um, it's like reversed. a chalk or not. a, a Like a, um, a charcoal rubbing. Oh, yeah. He had of one of the some,
0: sides yeah, of the box. Of... Right. I love that. And I yeah. love that they fucking, like you said, Damon, they dug so much deeper into it here and they showed you more and they actually said it out loud so it mattered. Yeah,
4: this one much feels much more. The new one definitely feels like not like campy occultism, but like actual occultism. Everything's subtle bit, and mm-hmm. like. A little
0: yeah. bit. Yeah, I, I would yeah. put this closer to like a dark song. Yes. Than mm. The Conjuring. Yeah. This yes, one absolutely. definitely. This one gets. I, there's something going on here that I there's really There's a system.
3: Yes. Yeah. Going back to the whole like your... configuration things that you know you see in the the the, the notebook, uh, mm-hmm. like I I I really think that that actually is the, the thing that sets up potential for this series to evolve yes. uh, in the future. I think that you know we're seeing it from uh, what we, we've seen Hellraiser as a metaphor for you know kink. We're seeing it as a metaphor for addiction. I want to see where it goes. Like I want to see how the Cenobites roles change um, in the series going forward with the different configurations.
0: Um, You know what? Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. this is a really this is a great place to kind of like end on. Like we should just go through and uh, what do you think this could go? Like what what do you think you would
4: like to see in this? I choose love, and I get the chatterer as my. That's what I want. Oh. <laughs> I'm so happy
2: for you both.
4: I uh, he's really not good with his tongue anyway.
1: Uh, <laughs> <Man>. Buddy. <laughs> just, yeah, I, I think it's, deep. Yeah, it's um, a
4: it's a uh, this
3: series could be a really thoughtful contemplation yeah. on the nature of pain and the role it has right. in our in our lives as human beings yeah. yes. as limited human beings. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: I really like that a lot I think because as you were talking about like what does the box represent and uh the journey of the characters like um I mean I think about the inevitabilities that each of us as humans experience and pain yeah is such a large part of that. Like, I think about grief, uh, whether somebody breaks our heart or yeah. betrays us or dies. Like, those are are our, our all very acute forms of grief and pain. Um, like, so, right, what does love look like? My thing mm-hmm. is, like, what does knowledge look like? Is that just, Ugh. like you will learn in a very visceral way everything that Leviathan yeah, can have in store yeah. for somebody. Like, I um, like I do want to see what Lazarus looks like as horrifying as that would be like mm-hmm. yeah. bringing somebody back from the dead. Like, Ooh, like, cause Riley very pointedly says, no, she does um, not
0: want that pet cemetery
4: shit happening. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially cause he's been in the paint yeah. dimension. So it's like, that's not beautiful. the same person now. And her mm. choice
2: is so good, because we get to see the hell priest not confused, but like bemused. almost wondering, yeah, bemused is a good word for it. I think like the delivery of you choose to live is such is such a good delivery of the line and betrays the like confusion. I don't yeah. know if it's like because the hell priest is so removed from humanity that like that choice of that threshold is so much lower than where she is that like she can't comprehend it the gasp you know Mm -hmm. um, says like your suffering has barely begun and my thing is like y'all are like Deities that don't like exist in in human like mortal yeah. bodies. You like have, your suffering is you endless, have, you know. Right. Like, um yeah. and so like obviously that's the like you point of it. Experience um, a
3: dimension that does not like where pain or not pain, time does not exist. As I think it's just the fact no that maps. yeah, well, there's no our perception of time in that dimension just seems completely altered and like. Uh, Yes. And I think that's just what drives people
4: crazy uh, or not crazy. but like It's more so too. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Go ahead. It's more. Oh, I'm sorry. It's more so too. Just the idea that you're just going to live for the rest of your life until you die, which is boring. Never known. Never. You were given, you touched divinity. You were given the opportunity as fucked up as, because we don't understand. The reasoning for these things, but the idea of like, you were this close to having something divine, and you're like, no, I'm good not knowing, which you're not. And they t- yeah, say yeah. you're not. You're not going to yeah. be good no- not knowing. And yeah, and yeah I, but the final I, shot of Riley, she's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not knowing is the worst thing of all. Yeah. No,
0: she is definitely broken. She knows what she gave up. Yeah. She, and, and here's the thing she's going to, she's going to carry this guilt for something that wasn't her fault.
3: Yeah.
0: You know, like, it, she yeah. didn't ask for this it was all Trevor being an asshole glad he gets his arm skin that's great but Ooh. like and then he gets sucked down into hell and also like the timing of that moment as well not to get back into it again but like there's just the fact that the choice who was holding it when it happened you know kind of yeah. like determined mm-hmm. everything that happens at the very very end of the movie that's really tight yeah Um. something I didn't appreciate the first time I saw it but um. yeah like I, I want to see what this is gonna do. I wanna see how like Riley will get stitched back into this somehow and I hope she isn't necessarily. Like yeah. I, I wonder would if like to if she apologize
2: won't... this a little bit. Yeah, yeah I wonder yeah. if she won't seek the box again. I'm I'm really yeah. curious about that.
4: Yeah, yeah. I've mixed emotions about it. I need a good reason. See. Yes.
2: I think yes. that it she'll end up being like Serena probably maybe not in a hospital suffering, mm. but like mm-hmm. I think that she's probably like changed her name, moved someplace, like, you know what I mean? Um yeah. to try to rebuild you know um but I yeah I'm curious i I think um there's so much that the exciting thing is is they left so many doors open you but know? not
0: in a pissy way like no, they they correct. this is a this would be a bottle episode if yeah. they hadn't thrown like even if actually even if they with the the guy getting you know peeled apart at the very end like that completely works because that just suggests that there's something vaster beyond your realm of experience going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could leave it there,
1: yeah.
3: but
0: I really want to see two more. Oh, I, yeah. yeah, rarely do I am I like yeah, want equals? No, this they did some cool shit here. They made me yeah.
4: real fucking me see what happened to Vol- because it's more of an
2: anthology it doesn't oh. have to be like the first series where like kirsty keeps popping up and right. you know whatever yeah. i know that it's like one two and then what four or five or whatever yeah um but like i mean i'm I, glad
0: she got the work but yeah, like totally. at the same time i'm like no let's
2: yeah
3: gotta have a reason yeah.
2: but i think that that's the reason why it can work because it can be a whole bunch of new characters and new messages and symbols and it can be kind of like, like a,
3: an anthology yeah like a
0: totally 100 and a totally different approach like a, a different area yeah. you know like somebody in a different part of the world comes across it and yeah. it'd be like if it came out of you know you know well, we didn't even
4: we didn't even get to talk about the comics
0: we that didn't even get sense. to talk about how hellraiser takes place in the uk but in hellraiser 2 cops from like the bronx are in there looking through the house <laughs> like, hey buddy, what's going on yo
3: no no well, yep. Okay, maybe you're right. And
2: this takes place in at least at one point took place in Serbia, but then it takes place in the Berkshires. Yeah,
0: which is fine. I mean, but it's the same house kind of in like one now. and two are in the first no, movie. Yeah. It's in the U.K. and then in the second movie, oh, it's in like I didn't think about Jersey. Oh, I think <laughs> yeah, it was. I know, right.
3: I didn't think it was the UK cuz most people spoke with American accents. Uh it was just Julie. Some of
0: them did. Some of them did, but he said, "Aren't you glad to be home again, honey?" and she's British as hell. You know, so like oh. I and they established it. It's like, "Oh, well, it's this stadium. is it." And they even said that in a couple of these like video essays and that one thing that like uh the, the one essay I read, the the academic paper, they even mentioned like the first movie takes place in the UK, but they don't really make a whole lot of the fact that Where? like suddenly you got like hey what up uh i'm looking through this place and i shot this dead body a whole bunch of times like our cop would you know like and, <laughs> and it's just they changed nations between films which yeah. is one yeah. of the big like there's yeah, a, there's a, a
4: bunch this. of broken things about too but yeah. like yeah, who gives a shit and The big one is interesting too because the entire film is actually filmed filmed in serbia for like the look because yeah you mm-hmm. know the architecture doesn't look like anywhere else yeah. and they did a really big i I think they did a pretty good job, because it's obviously supposed to be in the East Coast of the U.S., you know, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, and then, like, obviously that's supposed to be New York, even though New York doesn't look anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, uh, right. They did fool me, though. I did think one of the cars had a New Jersey license plate real quick, so they oh, got shit. me there. Uh, um, <clears throat> I will always remember that piss color they make. <laughs> <guys>. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway,
0: yeah, anyway. so... What a,
2: can yes. we do a, a quick like lightning round i know i don't want to drag this out too much but like one thing you loved that we haven't talked about yet and then one thing that you didn't love whether that was
0: well i'll, I'll start you're not
2: you're not you're not convinced on or you don't like or is open to interpretation
0: I, i'll just start my the thing that i really didn't like was the the whole first movie jumping from the uk to the u.s that that was like the biggest thing in all of them that it was just oh wow, really? I didn't even fucking realize that when I was rewatching them. I was like, man, I really just sure spackled right over that crack in the wall, didn't I? Continuity. Um
2: yeah. but the Who thing
0: I yeah, what, what is going on here, buds? Uh but this the reboot, I really don't have any notes. Like I okay, the first time I watched it, I didn't like Trevor. I didn't like the turn. I didn't like the twist, as it were. I, I thought it was but the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm watching with expectations, not knowing what was going to happen and like barely kind of remembering the first two movies. Yeah. And in terms of its setup, I love the first half hour in how it literally trickles into this. OK, now the faucet's on like it's. A great bit of world building. You get to meet these characters. They take a little bit of time with them. You learn their dynamic. You learn where the conflicts are very quickly. And then suddenly they're wrapped up in this thing that's beyond them. When Riley's brother dies, it's off camera. Yeah. And you don't see the, like the kills get close. The camera gets closer and closer to the kills until when you get to Nora, you're just, you're, you're in it now.
3: Yeah.
0: And you're in too deep. This whole film from the beginning until like shit starts going wrong you realize how you're in too deep like the character is like you're seeing things through like riley's eyes this is over your head
1: yeah yeah and
0: you're out of control and now you have to figure out what the fucking rules are and how to swim in them just that's the the human aspect is there
3: yeah
0: where you actually have a sympathetic character and it's not just um what was it like the 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 madonna in the house or whatever trope Mm
3: -hmm.
2: you know it's
0: not just kirsty it's like
2: oh yeah riley has agency about,
0: but... yeah like I, i'm miss i just read this thing this morning i have to bear with them got yeah two energy drinks and half a pot of coffee in me i'm just <laughs> doing my best here but
2: like you're this- doing great <laughs> you're doing great coin ops but i the
0: human story was interesting enough that when it meets the supernatural aspects of this thing it really works it, it just merged perfectly. It, I didn't feel like the first hour was a waste of time. I didn't feel like it was just like, here's Riley. This is what she does. Here's, you know, Matt. Here's what he does. Here's Colin. Here's what he does. Here's you know, yeah. Nora. Here's what she does. Like, it was none of that. It was them interacting, them doing stuff, living their lives. Okay, here's the backstory. Here's the addiction backstory. Here's, here's what's going on. Oh, man, you heard us having sex. Like, that was funny. And it goes wrong so fucking quickly from there. It's yeah. amazing it's literally like that night there's a fight kind of stuff. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, they go out, they do the heist, they come back, everything goes batshit. And you, you keep thinking it's like, well, how much worse can it get? It gets so much worse. Like it's, (laughs) it does such a good job of like that. I love that slow burn to it. You know, like just there's, it stops feeling like it's relentless and starts feeling terrifyingly inevitable. You know, you're, you have wound the string to its maximum tension when this film ends, and it's like, well done. And now it's shown you how it can go further. So you get shit to think about, and you get to talk two hours and twenty minutes in a podcast about it.
3: Yeah.
0: So what? What about you, Damon? What, what did you love? What did you
1: not love?
2: Um, the thing that I I didn't love, I don't think that I dislike. I think I'm curious to see if it's something that is. Static or not, I guess, in the next um, entry, because I'm really hoping that they do it again. Mm. Um, it would be the accidental nature of it. I understand mm-hmm. that it is in the service of the addiction, like, plot line. Yeah, um, I think far. that that is done and executed well because Nora's death um, is very indicative of that, as well as her brother's, um, Riley's brother, and Nora um but I think I'm not convinced that it is a that it is that it is in the best service of the story Mm -hmm. however I think like having Voight and knowing that he is sort of I mean he calls himself a penitent of Leviathan at Mm -hmm. the beginning of the film and so it does lead me to believe that like this is just one version of how the story can go Mm -hmm. um And that's what I'm hoping. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I think um, things that I loved. Oh, I have one other thing that I didn't love that we didn't talk about when we were talking about Nora's death that I want to just mention really quickly, which Mm -hmm. is I don't think this was intentional, but I want to just point out that the most gruesome death is given to an Asian woman. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is a trope that like asian women existing for the pleasure of white people in particular like is pernicious and you can see that through literature you can see it through mass media um and most of steven seagal's
0: Seagal's filmography
2: right i think Mm -hmm. that like it's it bothered me um i think in the moment because it is the most graphic death um and we don't know all that much about Nora. I think, like, I feel bad about Nora because it's very clear from the dialogue that she does have that, like, she cares very deeply for Riley. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like, knows how to navigate when she kind of goes off the deep end. Yeah. And so, but I think, like, she doesn't have a lot of personality on her own um outside of caring for riley so that feeds into it and then also that is also something that happens when the weeper um one of the new cenobites is revealed which is the weeper is black um and Mm. has i would say the i would say the most grotesque i think Body modifications yeah. and, and it's It's yeah. amazing. I
0: will oh, never, ever, we didn't ever even talk about the match. That. Like that yeah. is,
2: man. I know. Uh, like, yeah, how did they do and, that? How did they do that? <clears throat> uh, there was a yeah. I saw the, I saw one of the behind the scene things. And yeah, he like, wore oh, a green really sock caliber.
0: It's really okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um.
2: So I I do just want to mention the weeper and the abject horror of the weeper's body because it reminded me. Of a gothic trope that happened in particular in 19th century gothic fiction, which was Mm. the abject um, enslaved black body was Mm. used Mm. as a site of horror in gothic fiction. So um, it reminded me of that just because the weeper doesn't have any lines and we don't know anything about the Cenobites themselves. Um, Again, I don't don't think this is... I'm not trying to point this the out Weeper, to say this was um, done maliciously. I right, don't yeah, think it was right. done maliciously. Yeah. I love the design of the Weeper. I love that you can see the Weeper's ecstasy as like their hands split. Yeah. Um, we have
0: to mention too, it's not just the hands, it's the bone. Yeah. <laughs> like the
1: forearm it's bone. The Weeper's like, a
4: few lines. It's, it, she's definitely, the Weeper's reveling in it. Like the weeper they... doesn't have any
2: lines. The gasp has lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the gasp is the one that looks as much at like the female Cenobite as possible. Mm-hmm. So like her flesh is flayed and looks like a vagina very clearly Um, she may have the best i think that was purposeful but she's beautiful she has the pearlized um like piercings and things like that she has the one of the best lines in the movie which is save your breath for screaming Um, (laughs) but i did just want to point that out in that like again this i don't think it was malicious i don't think it was even necessarily done purposefully i just think about the fact that the most horrific and grotesque images we have are of characters of color. Yeah. Mm. And so that is something that I think like happens quite often in horror. Like the, it is a well-known trope that the black character dies first mm-hmm. or dies a horrible death, uh, right. often off camera. <laughs> like, um, so it like is forgotten, like doesn't have a lot of lines, doesn't have a lot of personality. So I think like between those two, it was just something I thought of. I made note of it in my brain and, mm-hmm again i think that their designs are like the design of the cenobites are amazing i think the weeper itself like themselves is incredible um and that was just a thought that i had in my head Mm -hmm. things that i loved i loved we talked about this right before we started recording but it was the it is the perfect moment (laughs) which is when voight has trapped the priest in the cage and (laughs) um And the priest says, you reject our gift. And Voight yells, uh, fuck your gift, fuck you. And I like visibly uh, like I viscerally felt it in my body. And I was like, oh no, you're gonna die. And then um, like the, the look that she's giving him while she's behind the cage is like, just wait until I can get my hooks in you. And it's so good. And then when Riley lets The priest out of the cage there is that the sound that the cage makes the smile that she has on her face and then that great bass like bah sound (laughs) right when the door opens it is one of my favorite things because Voight's tune changes immediately he is instantly terrified of what's gonna happen to him and then he gets to his knees and that that whole sequence of him on his knees where she is like very sensually like touching his face and like observing, like knowing exactly who he is (laughs) and knowing that like she can exchange the loom for turning him into a Cenobite is like chef's kiss. It's like my favorite part of the movie. So that's that.
4: Just, just the whole dialogue of like, you're going to like wield anguish, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it was like, Oh man. Uh, It's like
2: his, his, his pain, his anguish, like that. I love that actor too. He's from, um, I, I know him most from Practical Magic. He plays, uh, Nicole Kidman's like abusive boyfriend who gets got, um, and, uh, he, that I love the actor. He is also in the American version of, um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. She is, he is the, um, boss of, um. Of her character, and then, anyways, so his face immediately changes too as soon as the cage yeah. is opened. Um, not only does the pain start because the loom starts up almost in perfect concert of the cage opening,
1: <laughs> yeah, that really but
2: also he like he puts his hands up and he starts to back up and he's like, I fucked up, <laughs> and it's so good. No, I, I no. really like that
4: part. I think
3: what uh,
2: about you guys, Shadow Link Scum? Yeah,
4: uh, do you want to go, go first? first?
3: I can go first. I'll go first. I Okay. Yeah, right, we'll I, speaking of first. speaking of the acting. <laughs> speaking of the acting, I think that's that's something that I I um, we we I think that just across the board uh, the acting was phenomenal. Um I think and uh something that I also really loved. We didn't even talk about Serena's death uh or like the the lat, like her off-screen death, but like the little religious imagery there with it <laughs> Where uh,
2: yes, where the gasp mm.
3: like pulls out a razor out of I don't know I don't remember who it was. Um, was it the
2: weeper? The weeper's yeah, eye. yeah. Pulls it from up. the eye.
3: Yeah. yeah, it's it's like a little this little razor. She places it on Serena's tongue,
4: and yeah, uh, like, like communion. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh man, it's so good. Which uh, is awful considering she has like a breathing problem and like yeah. been, like a sharp object yes. in her yeah. mouth. Yeah. yeah. <sighs>
2: Uh, Also, the practical effects in that in that scene are incredible. The way that the the walls move, like you can tell that that's a set. And then you also, with Serena's death, you also get to see the the, like slabs of skin on that wheel or whatever. Oh Oh, yes, I love
0: that. The totem, that weird totem thing that like I was—they never explained, but like
3: a little yeah. carousel. Of,
0: I love that thing. It creeps me out. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, why is it square? Why is it, why does it have four sides like this? Why is it, why does it have angles worry. at all? Why, why are there angles here at all? You know, like
4: skin being dried. Don't worry about it. His
0: <laughs> face screaming on it on the last, the second movie. Yeah.
4: Things uh. I didn't like. Um,
3: I don't know. I, I guess I can't really think of anything
0: that I didn't like about the movie necessarily. Um, or any of them. I mean... yeah. yeah.
3: Well, uh, out of, out of any of the movies? Like, well... Yeah. Uh, Hellraiser 2, definitely. The <laughs> did it. Like, Why is Shenard evil? What is happening? How did well, Christy get the skin suit so quickly? What the fuck?
0: <laughs> yeah, she ran back real quick off camera. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah.
3: And <laughs> just, just slid right into it. Didn't have to, like, you know... Pull, uh, uh, uh but yeah, just it, it fell apart pretty quick. Well,
0: I mean, it's already kind of lubed.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that good point. Everything Caught. in that movie <laughs> is lubed. Everything in
0: both of those movies is like essentially lubed to the core.
1: Oh yeah. Oh man.
3: <coughs> so yeah, that's lie, that's what I man. got.
1: Yeah, all right. Uh,
0: right what do you, you got, got, Scum? Bring him oh. home. I was a super
4: fan. Uh, no, it, I, the thing I disliked the most about the latest film was probably Trevor. Maybe just because of the dude he's depicting, but also because I have like fiction writer brain constantly forever, and uh-huh. it, I I knew he did it as soon yeah. as I saw his butt in the shower. <laughs> uh, I, I knew what. Wait, wait,
2: he, wait, how 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 did you know that? Can you? Can because you
4: he was washing away his shame.
2: Mm. Oh, because wow. I again
4: that was the that's immediate great. metaphor where I'm like look the shot was set up he's rubbing his head like I'm like oh yeah you did something you fuck and like that's how I knew I'm like oh yeah I already it was it was not like it wasn't a big reveal for me it was yeah. I think that was the I story. was just
2: confused by like how his ass was was, 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 was what made you I will fit what I what will. Led you to that dis- That conclusion. he was
0: clapping his cheeks and it was the
1: way <laughs>
2: Oh my he was slapping his cheeks.
0: <laughs> it was in a very hell-raisery way. Well, you know how
4: some people do palm reading. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do ass readings. Anyway, yes. um, <laughs> yeah, Trevor, I th- think, was the weakest part of the film. I didn't particularly enjoy him. He was fine. It was just that that whole big reveal thing. I'm like, eh, I, I saw her coming a mile away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah because, you know why? It's because yeah. he really, like, there's a few scenes between, you know, this starting and then basically getting to that point Mm
1: -hmm.
0: where you know you find out where he's really like we need to get the fuck out of here leave that thing throw that thing away you know he's like really selling i have your best interests at heart yeah in in a couple of the sequences and it's just like that's why it was baffling to me because it's like okay Mm -hmm. well this is his story arc this is the way they're going with him he's actually like oh shit we're in over our heads we need to get you know something i I I
4: knew i knew i knew what he was about
0: and then it was just, well, it was disappointment. And I feel like that was a gift from Pinhead. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You
0: know, that's true. It's it's like, oh, I wanted this. Well, guess what? Cue the Rolling Stones. You can't always get, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's,
4: yeah. Yeah. So that, I just like that part. And what I loved is, you know, all of it. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, I thought it was really well crafted. Uh, yeah. I like, again, I like bad horror movies too. I like, hammer films i like slasher mo- you know i like the whole thing for all different types of horror for different reasons so i don't mind the first two films even the second no. one even though it's you know as we all know got its problems i enjoyed for how camp, how fucking can yeah. a lot of it is like in yeah. it's, yeah, it's that's an acceptable that is an acceptable level of jank for me that i thoroughly yeah. enjoy and then you get yeah. to the yeah. third film and then it all goes downhill from there oh, yeah. but um yeah, though that's me. Uh, there was some of stuff like comics. Go seek them out. Uh, the movie film reminded me very much of some comics where they took the tools that were presented and did new and interesting things with them. My mm. favorite comics are ones that don't have fucking Cinebites in them. Uh, mm. they're, those are literally the best ones. And uh, just two comic books worth mentioning is Wordsworth by Neil Gaiman and Dave McKean. That's oh, yeah. my personal favorite. And uh, the other one is uh, To Prepare a Face by uh, Jean Stranade. Marciarello and Gasper.
1: Nice. Uh, seek those
4: nice. out. Probably you could probably get like collected editions because yeah. these have been out of print for a long time.
1: There, and, there's
0: also some Marvel like epic ones. Like there was the epic imprint where they'd put
4: some of these out. And I do believe there was one written by the Wachowskis. Yeah. yeah. There was one written by, um, why can't I remember her name? It was one of the Wachowskis wrote it. Um,
0: it was like art by one story by the other.
4: Yeah. And then there it's was, fine. it's, it's no,
0: it's fine, but it exists. I'm just letting you know yeah. it's out there. Like yeah, they, yeah definitely were fucking fans. There's definitely a oh, yeah. or two yeah. in the All these things here. come together,
4: you know? Um, like, and there's you, also you knew, a... You, knew, you know, you get the undertone. Oh, for sure. You know? For sure.
0: Because it always it was kind of like, even at a time where cult movies like Toxic Avenger existed and stuff like that, this was even still a cult. Like, mm-hmm. it was always a little bit underneath, like, the Freddies and the Jasons and the mm-hmm. Mike Myerses, but the people who liked it loved it. And, you know, there's going to be people who hear this who are like, no, man, four was awesome. I'm like, look, man, hey, fucking go off. Go off. Just don't yeah. try to defend the rave one to me. I'll find you.
2: you <laughs> a personal vendetta against that film. No, look, I, I, there's just... There's coin Ops is lamented things.
4: configurations at Pizza Box. <laughs> like, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> fucking open it's, that. You open that fucker. He's going to pop out.
0: You don't even know. Like, that's... <laughs> That's as that's about as appropriate a thing as anyone has ever said about me.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what
2: it's more is hooked. there to say, really?
1: Yeah, <laughs> right?
0: yeah, so I don't know, you got any uh David, you got anything you wanna promote? Anything uh you wanna to bring to the attention of the peoples that um, we can put in our show notes and have it took about
2: fifteen solid minutes, I think, uh, to do that. So Oh cool. cool yeah, well cool. Right. um all the things that I have cited uh, in a way that's very clumsy and not having the names anywhere, um, I'll make sure that gets put in the show notes as well as the official GoFundMe for the families and friends um, from the victims from Colorado Springs.
0: Mm. Excellent. Cool. But I um, I
2: just want to say thank you very much uh, to you fellas because it's been... Real good, uh, real fun. I was very excited to get this assignment. Uh, I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> and, um, oh, thanks, yeah, the people so. should
0: know. The people should know we've been trying to do this since before Halloween, yeah. yes. 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 And yeah. we were like, like, you know what, we'll just ratchet it over to the next fucking holiday. And, uh, this yeah. is
2: because people get carved. <laughs> right. There you go. There you go. Well, thank, uh, you. Uh, thank you. I just want to thank the. Yeah, I want to thank the listeners as well, uh, for because between this episode and um, the Matrix episode, I think you have like six hours of me talking. So thank yes. You yeah. Yes. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, Welcome no, thank to the two,
0: Two-Timers Club, too.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah thank you thank for coming on. Do I get a
2: jacket?
0: Yeah. <laughs> With
4: Pepsi points. Perfect. <laughs> Y'all have enough to buy a jet.
0: Oh, boy. And, anyway, uh,
4: yeah. So we got... Stuff to plug, uh, Twitter's a dying website, but you could find us at... Look, you know what?
0: No, you're not even... We, we got socials. You know where they
4: are.
1: Like... Oh.
2: <laughs> can I plug one thing that is not for me? Yeah, sure. Um, since Twitter is dying, um, one of the things that I would like to mention is that the Internet Archive stopped automatically backing up all tweets in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of history has happened since 2017, Because it's dying, I recommend that people seek out those very important Twitter threads and back them up on the Internet Archive Mm -hmm. um, and the Wayback Machine because, um, well, there's a lot of things that can be lost. Um, I think about all of the histories that have happened around the pandemic in particular um, that they're trying to erase in real time. I think about all of the horrors that we... Experienced since 2017 that are not automatically backed up. So I would say take a look at those, you know, links that you sent your friends that you kept uh, and back them up, please. Yeah, it's
0: real easy. So you just please, yeah. It's this is a distributed request. So don't let history
2: forget
4: what's happened and what is continuing to happen because a lot of people died for because of negligence.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah.
2: That continues till this day, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Be safe out there. Wear your masks.
0: Indeed. Uh, Mm -hmm. And 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 don't fuck with puzzle boxes.
1: I do that